This episode of the Major Issues Podcast is brought to you by Comic Book Click at tpublic.com. Take a selfie rocking one of our shirts from TeePublic and use the hashtag CBCWorthy for a chance to win two free tickets to see Captain Marvel in theaters March 8th. Just click the Shop Comic Book Click link in our show notes to make a purchase or follow us on Facebook for more information. Remember, you are worthy. Serrano, aka The Don, and if you're listening to this, you can only be here for one reason, and that's a brand new episode of the Major Issues Podcast, brought to you by Comic Book Click, and as you know, I am never alone. Sir, please introduce yourself. I'm Catman. Oh my god, you're Catman. Dan, the comic book man, ladies and gentlemen. Dan, the comic man, is here in studio, and he is here for a very special reason. We are here for the three-peat, the third uh, edition of a very special episode of the Major Issues Podcast, the Which is Worse edition. Dan, me and you have sat here on this battlefield and and, and fought valiantly for some of the worst films in comic book uh, media history. Oh, but this is going to make history. We, this we, is going to make some We history. started with which was the worst uh Ryan Reynolds <laughs> led, uh, but not, not led, but yeah, led. Ryan Reynolds led superhero film uh, between... X-Men Origins, Wolverine, and Green Lantern, even though, you know, uh, obviously, Origins was way worse. And I don't know then, what this man is talking about. And then we chose to go for the Spider-People as we tried to figure out what was definitively the worst Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man 3 or Amazing Spider-Man 2. Which we all know is still Sp- Amazing Spider-Man 2. Now, when we did those... Uh, those witches worses, witches worses. I don't know what the plural of that is. But when we did those episodes, what stood out to me was that for the most part, I had seen every one of those movies. I saw them on my own. I own, I think, every single one of those movies, both uh, X Men Origins and Green Lantern. I own, and I know I own for a fact Amazing Spider Man Two and Spider Man Three. When it came down to doing this particular episode of which was worse. We decided that with Captain Marvel being right around the corner and after the success of Wonder Woman, we wanted to see what the extremes were for the female-led comic book uh, movie. So knowing that Wonder Woman is what everyone hopes to strive for when they make a female-led superhero film, although it's far from perfect, we're hoping that Captain Marvel is a little bit more Wonder Woman and a little bit less the two uh, candidates that we have fighting here today. Because today, we will be deciding which was worse, Catwoman or Elektra. I don't always like my job. I do not always like my job. I just want that to be on record. Well, that that's the thing. Um, I These were movies that I said for a very long time. Anyone who would listen, I would say... You know, even though I am very steeped in this whole comic book stuff, I mean, created up my own podcast, stuff like that, there are still comic book movies I haven't seen. Um, and you know one of the ones I haven't seen is actually Punisher Warzone. Yes. Great movie to me. And so I had suggested maybe, you know, with us doing the Punisher um, season two wrap up and with everything being canceled with Netflix, maybe we should do a Punisher off. Maybe we should do Thomas Jane's uh, Punisher versus 
um, Punisher Warzone. Well, see, for that, I would have suggested to do the original Dolph Lundgren oh, Punisher Dolph if you Lundgren. wanted to find which was worse. I mean, yeah. that that's still in the bag, but with Captain Marvel around the corner, we had to do the female-led superhero films, and I, it had to be two films that um, were so bad, for the most part, that they've literally disappeared. And the worst part is they like started it all off. These were the first two solo female superhero movies we had. Yeah, there's a really bad 1970s Supergirl film that I'm probably going to make you watch for some <laughs> reason. We'll probably do like Supergirl oh. versus uh, Superman 4, Quest for oh, Peace. And see, see this see is why I don't always like my job. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, for this, here we had Catwoman and uh, Elektra. And I had never seen either one of these films before. The The mythology, right? The, the word of mouth alone has caused a lot of people to not see these films. And because... A lot of people are just trying to go with the word of mouth or the uh, consensus. It's, I don't think it's fair to, to say that both of these are equally as bad. And therefore, which is worse, is going to figure out definitively, well, I guess not definitively, but it's going to lay some great claims as to why each film uh, deserves its own, I guess, bit of respect and, and praise I'm ready to rumble. and uh, admiration. Now, we started this with a coin flip. Um, off air a week ago to figure out who would be defending what, and that's how I landed on the the uh, instant classic Catwoman. <laughs> and then, I made a mistake, and, that, and, <laughs> and that's how uh, Mister Comic Man landed on uh, Elektra. I almost called it Daredevil because I was already thinking of a better film. I'm but, a champion of the downtrodden myself. But so. I, now I'm going to hand you this coin yet again, and because of uh, let's see, cats don't have ta- cats do have tails. <laughs> <laughs> cats don't have tails. Cats have tails, and uh, assassins have heads. And so, <laughs> depending on which one of these uh, sides the coin lands on, we will decide which film will be the first up for defense. And uh, this is live on air. <laughs> And oh, and we got says, heads. So heads. It looks like Electra. Yep. We'll start with Electra. You'll be defending Electra. Um, so I we I went ahead and got the driest synopsis I could for both of these films, <laughs> stripped straight from Wikipedia. Uh, so I would give I would give that person credit, but I don't know who that is. And so um, we'll go really quickly through the plot of this film, just so that everyone everyone's on the same page with what's going on here. And then I want you to tell the people why Elektra isn't as bad as you think it is. But uh, here's some a little, bit of, uh, a little bit of facts. Elektra was released on January 14th, 2005. Did you see this film in theaters, by the way? I didn't even know this film existed till two years after its <laughs> existence. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, this is literally right off the heels. It was on of, uh, Stars one day. Yeah. Um, it was directed by Rob Bowman. It had a budget of $43 million and it grossed 56 So, At least it got something back. I mean, ultimately, it made its money back. Uh, but here's a synopsis. After being killed in Daredevil, Electra Nachios is revived by a blind martial arts master called Stick. She is brought into his training compound to learn Kimaguire, an ancient martial arts discipline that provides its practitioners with precognition as well as the ability to resurrect the dead. Electra soon is expelled because of her inability to let go of her rage, we'll get there, and fear from seeing her mother's killer as a child. She leaves and uses her training to become a contract killer. 
This is where the film actually starts. None of the personalities that was in Daredevil. None of that. But that's just my first, that's just a little gripes before I start defending. <laughs> Years later, Electra infiltrates a heavily guarded area and succeeds in slaying her target, DeMarco, who we only know is DeMarco because of the Wikipedia. It, I don't think they ever mentioned this man by name. Um, yeah. Uh, Electra's agent, Macabre, dece- uh, receives an unusually large offer, $2 million, from an anonymous client wishing to hire Electra's services. The only stipulation is she must spend a few days on a rented home on an island where the assassin is- assassination is to be performed and before the names of the targets are revealed. During the wait, Electra catches a girl named Abby trying to swipe her mother's necklace and she sends her away but later befriends her father, Mark Miller. Which wasn't the same Netflix that uh, necklace that... uh. Daredevil was given, so shouldn't he still have that nef- that necklace? Isn't that necklace? And in- I don't know if it's the same. One. That's the same. That's the same exact Netflix that, that says necklace Electra that was- on it. Kind of yeah. like in that weird in the Greek- braille going down straight down. Yeah, that's the right. same. Necklace. Doesn't he touch that at the end of Daredevil? And it's like because when she gave it to him, and is I think he had it because she died, and then she. I remember for some reason the ending of that being like him touching it and going like. Like, she might be still alive or hearing her voice or some kind of madness. But then again, it's been a while since I've seen that. So we might have to get back to that, too. Um, Abby later invites Electra to dinner on Mark's behalf. Electra develops a romantic interest in Mark, but soon learns that he and Abby are the targets she's been hired to kill. Womp, womp. Electra (laughs) spares them and leaves and later returns in time to protect them from the assassins sent by the ham. Hand. This is kind of hammy. A crime syndicate of ninja mercenaries. This is where you fell off the train. Meanwhile, Roshi, Master Roshi, Master of the oh Hand. Oh, my God. Yes, <laughs> Master Roshi of the Hand. Master Splinter of the foot. Like, Jesus Christ. Marvel. He learns of the failed attempt and permits his son, Karigi, to lead a new team of assassins to kill Electra and return with Abby, referred to as the treasure. Electra tries to uh, leave Abby and Mark with Stick, but he scolds her into protecting them herself. She then drives Mark and Abby to Macabre's country house, but is followed by the assassins. Electra flees with Mark and Abby through a secret underground exit to the orchard, while Macabre sacrifices himself to allow them to escape. Karigi and the assassins hunt down the trio in a forest nearby. Electrica... Electrica... An electric... Electra? Electra. It is manages... a dumb name. Electra. Just... You know, it's a K that's messing me up. Electra manages to kill Stone while Abby and Mark kill Kinko with one of his own daggers. Uh, Electra is distracted by the revelation that Abby has martial arts skills, which comes absolutely out of nowhere. And Typhoid, Typhoid gives Electra the kiss of death. Abby is captured by Karigi. Stick and his chase ninjas arrive, forcing Karigi, Typhoid, and Tatsu to retreat. Stick manages to save Electra from death and takes them under his protection. Stick then confirms that Abby is a martial arts prodigy, which is the treasure of martial arts whom the ham seek to use. Electra learns that she was a treasure herself, and her mother was a casualty of the fight between the chaste and the hand, with her as the reason. That makes no sense, but we'll get there later. She also guesses that Stick set up the hit on Mark and, and Abby in order to test Electra's propensity for compassion. Electra's not pleased, but does not follow up with a line of inquiry after getting the comment that some lessons just need to be lived. Electra astrally projects herself. I'm going to say that again for those who might have not heard of me. Electra, as you know, the ninja, the ninja assassin who you've seen on Netflix, astrally projects herself into a meeting with Karigi and challenges him to a fight, the winner claiming uh, Abby for their own purpose. You can't do that. Can you fight for people? I guess you can fight for people. Well, I mean, in the 1800s, they thought they could. Electra returns to her childhood home to face Karigi and finally remembers he was... And <laughs> Look how they put that. And finally remembers that he was her mother's killer. 
finally, she remembers, whom she had been seeing as a horned Oh demon. my god. Electra is at first defeated by Karigi, but Abby arrives and engages him long enough for Electra to recuperate. Electra and Abby then escape and hide in a hedge maze, but are separated when Abby is captured by snakes um, dispatched by Tattoo. Electra finds Tattoo and snaps his neck freely, at freeing Abby in the process. Uh, yeah, he beats, she beats Karigi, she beats uh, Taifu, she beats uh, basically everybody. Uh, she lets go all of her rage and uh, performs some kind of resurrection thing. To get Abby awake and alive, Electra then uh, gets ready to leave, and she and Mark share one final kiss. Electra tells Abby to leave, um, to live a normal life, and the two share an embracing hug, saying that they will give each other. They each gave each other's life back. Abby asks Electra if she sees her again, if she will see her again. To which Electra replies, "We'll find each other." She gives Abby a kiss on the forehead and leaves, hoping that Abby won't grow up to be like her. Stick then says, she didn't turn out too bad. Electra bows to Stick to thank him, to which he bows to Electra. And while leaving, Electra smiles and Stick disappears. When Electra leaves her childhood home, knowing that Abby and her father will be okay. That was as boring to read as it was to watch, but I'm going to and leave And I just my... watched it yesterday and I'm already shaking my head again. I'm going to leave my criticisms at the door because I want you to tell me and the fine listeners why... This film doesn't deserve the absolute thrashing that it got uh, from critics and the absolute thrashing that it will get from me in a couple of minutes. Well, as stale as the acting was, as bland as the direction was, and as just terrible decision as the props and the sets were, I will say that this movie took itself a lot more seriously than Catwoman ever even intended to try. I'll give you that. This, it, 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 it didn't have the fine writing that you would expect from a Marvel movie of all things. You know, Marvel usually doesn't phone in on their right well, let's not talk about thinking about Ghost Rider. I don't want to think about Ghost Rider. Right. When Marvel does do it right, Marvel has amazing writing and amazing producers behind their back. And Electra tried to go for something. And I feel like without I wouldn't want to say success because box office wise it was success, but without the even mere existence of Electra we couldn't get Wonder Woman. They wouldn't give us a try. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We would not get... Whoa, whoa. They tried with Wonder whoa. Woman. They, the, the way that they tried with Wonder Woman, they tried with Elektra and failed. But you know what? If at, at first you make mistakes, try again. And that is exactly what they did. I would like to say that in doing research for these films, I found that there was an email sent... Um, they appeared on WikiLeaks, but it was sent from Marvel to Sony um, with the, like, the, the, the basic subject being female-led superhero movies. And they were basically saying, like, there's no point in trying to, to invest in one because Catwoman, Elektra, and Sub, Su, uh, Supergirl were so bad and commercial flops, it's not even worth trying to invest and in. And now we have Wonder Woman. Right. So it, it's actually both our films that are why, why, the reason either why we haven't got one sooner or the reason why it took so long to get Wonder Woman. But at least this one, you know, didn't have cats burping into people's mouths wow, to make wow, them wow. start their powers. Wow. Like, how, how, about, how about you tout your movie first instead of instead of dampening down my I will get I will give Jennifer Gardner some sort of credit for Oh man, Jennifer Gardner tried to be serious. She tried to be she tried <laughs> what? She was she was very ninjago if that's a word. She, oh my god. Absolute garbage. First she, of all, who's your favorite character that's not named Electra in this film? 
Huh? Uh, my favorite character, not named Electro, in this film is uh, Headless Joe guy. Oh, see, see what I'm talking about? He was he was a pretty good character, and then they killed him out of nowhere. Everybody in this film is a statue. Everybody in this but film. But the main plot of the main story behind this film is ninja. Like the main focus is nin- is ninja stuff. So keeping everybody in the shrouded low light where all you could see is their face and these different camera angles. It's very like ninja style. It's shrouded in mystery. I feel like you're the director trying to talk to the budget <laughs> guy. Like this is the reason why everything is so dark. Oh. And this is the reason why everything is so bleak. Um ninja there was this the was choreography the, this was had good. the worst ninjing of all ninja time. There was the better choreography than just, wasn't bad. The choreography the choreography was fine. But when you think of things like Ninja Assassin or even like I rather Kung Fu Hustle. Some of that, some of the stuff from there, like some of the most ridiculous stuff from there, than what what's happening here. No one talks but Jennifer Gardner, and when she talks, she talks like this. Yeah, but Jennifer Gardner did more electroing than Catwoman did. Did Cat- she? Yeah, she did. Did she do more electric? She she saved she saved the mother and fa- a mother and daughter that she could have assassinated. And then she oh, decides to give her... That's the most unelectric thing ever. She's an assassin. The most, yes, but you know what? The, the change... The, but you can't stop a change of heart character. Everybody loves a change of heart character. She has way too much heart for an assassin. The same assassin That's who, why Stick who, didn't want her to be an assassin. Stick wants her to be in the in his little uh, whatever the hell he they does. Kill, he, she kills a man in the beginning of this film with such gumption that she decides she wants to whisper in his ear first, then kill him. But <laughs> but then But then later on... She she just isn't up for it. But what was that guy a father of a prodigy? We of don't the hand? know. We don't know. <laughs> because it, oh, is this the save Martha thing again? Like all of a sudden <laughs> having having family members means that you're innocent. I don't understand what goes on here. Um, super intelligent, uh, super sexy and sleek. Electra. That was another good thing that this movie did was it it decided to not have its focus on sex appeal and flirtatious dialogue and it tried to be something they put a ninja in a corset (laughs) what was the point of that disappearing after they die what kind of Frederick from Hollywood madness (laughs) is coming out of this film and then an assassin I'm gonna have to jump to a conclusion and maybe it's a bad conclusion to jump to because assassins are usually told what to do but I assume that assassins are kind of smart or have to be smart to tackle their specific they have strategic ability they they should be intelligent they use a lot of strategery and so, um, explain to me how Electra, this trained assassin, gets paid two million dollars to kill a, a target that she doesn't know. All she has to do is go to a basically deserted island where there's only two people on the island. Then she meets the only other person on this island, and to her surprise, that's the person she's there to kill. Yes. Yes, that's why you're on the island. That's the whole reason. But you know what? We're not going to set... I would have went and set up my whole house like the Home Alone house, right? And then I would have invited them over, and when they died, I would have been like, I don't know what happened. Some Final Destination madness. But she's too busy playing with bananas and toothpaste in her weird OCD scene to get anything past. But you know what? Let's, Let's get to the real... the real meat and potatoes of this. Let's get to the real blasphemy of this. Dan the Comic Man, Jennifer Gardner, cannot act. She isn't good at facial expressions at all, which is absolutely necessary in a film about an assassin, as assassins aren't really known for their witty banter or quips or their wit, especially ninja assassins. Exactly, they're known for their stoic facial expressions, and she has a very stoic facial expression. She has one facial expression, and that's of somebody (laughs) blowing out their Christmas, I mean, blowing out their birthday candles 
and looking perplexed, still keeping their mouth uh, agape, <laughs> wondering why the air that came out did not blow out the candle. That is permanently the face Jennifer Garner gives when she's angry, when she's upset, when she's being scolded by Stick, when she's having her, her flashbacks, all of that. It's all, oh my God. It doesn't help that this elite ninja assassin also chooses short range, range weapons to dispose of her foes. Then she chooses to whisper in her enemy's ears before their death. Or uh, she has to always like spin her size so that you know that they're there. <laughs> and they always make a sound. They always... <laughs> For what? This one point, doesn't she like hide behind a window with her size? Like, what oh, are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do from there? You... Uh. The I'm Mario getting, jump to get rid of one of the ninjas. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. But um, she isn't a femme fatale. And that's what you were saying, right? Like, this is supposed to be... I think both our women are supposed to portray femme fatales. And the thing is, by definition, a femme fatale is an attractive and seductive woman, especially one who ultimately brings disaster to the man or any man who uh, becomes involved with her. And I don't think Elektra was ever seductive in this film. And while no, not once. While you you can use that kind of maybe as a positive, being, seeing that she wasn't a uh, sex symbol, this was the wrong character to play that with because she literally is one like she's wearing one red napkin in in the comics <laughs> that's just wrapped <laughs> around her body and her legs. And now they opt her... there for a full body leather suit. Oh my this god, a dope looking leather suit. I mean, it's impractical. She probably can't even move. But I don't want my Electra to have bangs either. I think that's a very cosmetic choice. That was the choice. worst haircut ever. I think that's a very cosmetic choice. But that's that's I'm I'm gonna go there and say that. But listen, um. Like I said, I'm glad they steered away a little bit. They steered away from the sexuality, but they, they still try to play it up that she's like, you know, dangerous and all this kind of stuff. But her attractiveness, I feel like, is hidden behind a perplexed look 90% of the time. Stoic facial features. Whatever. And uh, worst part about her, worst part about her acting in general, she has absolutely no chemistry with anyone. Anyone. No chemistry with Stick. Yeah, everybody no on screen just Abby, seemed annoyed no with. No chemistry with anybody. But you know what you do remember seeing her have a chemistry. And that's in Daredevil. And that's because she had a little bit of chemistry with Affleck. Because they were actually dating. So you couldn't fake that. That's right up there with uh, Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone in Amazing Spider-Man 2. So you have a little bit of that chemistry there. But there's a very prominent rumor that uh, Miss Gardner wasn't very interested in being in this film at all. Oh, you can tell that from her acting. She just she seemed to be annoyed with everybody she was on screen with. So she completely, in my opinion, phones in her role as Electra, And we're never given a scope of her deadliness. Like, her, this, like wow, look at how... Like, okay, at but at least end, she didn't win a Razzie for her role. <laughs> And I, I, I think that um, that's the issue. That's, and that's what I'm trying to bring to light here today. I'm trying to bring to light the idea that Catwoman goes down as the de facto worst female-led superhero movie ever. But when you consider that this film came out, Catwoman, and then Electra comes out a full year after... A full year to look at the mistakes made on the page. Oh, and, and they on changed the those mistakes. They didn't have that dumb basketball scene. There was no weird, out of nowhere romance story. That, I mean, I mean, listen. The, you... the CGI in Catwoman was to rent was horrendous. Yes, a lot of the scenes in in Electra you couldn't see. But I would take not being able to see someone's full body than having to watch that CGI mess that just it was. Listen, you had all kinds of people puffing into green pillows of smoke and all kinds of stuff. There was CGI in Electra. It's not my fault that they didn't try to use it to her advantage. Um, there's that that 
that side that goes through that guy's back is CGI because it's about 30 feet long when it when That it, is a when long it goes, ass when it goes there. side. And they're all etched. They're all like intricately made, uh, you know, weapons of death that she barely uses in this film. Like I said, she is a ninja. She should be like killing people at all times. And maybe doesn't kill Abby. Fine. Do you want to play that role? No, she really doesn't Mark, kill as, as much as you would expect her to. She has one mission in the beginning of the movie and then her second mission, she quits halfway. Yeah. So she she's not really a good ninja, no. And so with Catwoman as, like I said again, the 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 um public opinion of, of that film being the worst female superhero movie, I think that people just haven't seen Electra. Well maybe the people that, that have seen Electra can enjoy Electra. You can't enjoy no, Catwoman. Never. You can't it's literally impossible. enjoy it's Catwoman. Impossible. And I love I love that you're sitting up there on your high blind horse <laughs> um, talking about the the uh, basketball scene. But I wouldn't be surprised if my little basketball scene wasn't inspired by your incredibly crappy playground scene that takes place in Daredevil. And I know we're not whoa, talking about that film. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know we're not that talking playground about that film. scene was perfect for those two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man. First of all. You got to know them, both those characters. The that man is accost- That blind man is accosting this woman in the street. She keeps trying to walk away from him, and he keeps grabbing her by her nape and her wrist. and her, Like, what is wrong with this man? He's getting a little bit too touchy. Then they just fight it out in a public park for, in, flirta- in a flirtatious way. They think way. she should get arrested get for attacking a blind man. Nah. Well, either one, but there's none of that happens in here. Um, Marvel gets to, use, gets to have the, the, the convenience of using the real world. In it in its backdrops, right? You, I know what you're gonna say. You're gonna say, "Oh, Catwoman," and it's and it's weird establishing shots, and it's CGI float over building stuff. Well, that makes sense because the world is not even real. We're not in Gotham. We could literally be in Central City, uh, Hub City. Aren't they in a place called Metropolis? Yeah, probably. Were they in Metropolis? It's it's probably some fake comic book city. But you had actual places. Could you name three places this your movie took place in? Asian uh, place one, Asian <laughs> place two. You understand what I'm run, saying? Run down pool hall in CD Where was City. That? Oh, you mean the pool hall that the sensei was in? That Stick that was kicking ass in. Yeah, that... my man Stick was kicking ass in that oh, pool yeah. hall, because taking I... in the money. Oh, I loved that part in Kill Bill where she went to Cuba and she found that uh, Asian guy, her Asian sensei, out there playing gin rummy with everybody and sneaking it, trying to get everybody for money. <laughs> Stick does not hustle people for... Uh, for, for money because of his blindness. And let's talk about your stick. Let's talk about Mr. Terrence Stamp, Mr. Neil before Zod himself. That's right. He was originally Zod. You want to talk about phoning it in. This man doesn't even try to play like he's blind. He doesn't even try to play like a lecturer is somebody that he's trained since she was a young girl. There is no affection between both of these people. They could have done this with green screen and it would have been the same effect. They didn't have to be in the same room half of the time. And she, he lays her off. You know what? I'm going to train you as a ninja and this ninja thing ain't paying off. Why don't you just take a hike? And she kind of like cries. And ninjas don't cry. What's wrong with this whole relationship? <laughs> this father-daughter There's relationship. There's no crying in baseball. So, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get that. I don't understand it. And the thing is, you're, you know, uh, maybe Catwoman should have been a slam dunk. Because I think the comic book character it extends like decades, you know, in history. Uh, as opposed to Electra, so I get that. You know, maybe people are a little bit more. It's, the problem with Catwoman is, it, all right. If you was to take out all of the overly sexual dialogue, overly sexual shots, and just all the the dumb 
like angles of characters that don't need to be on screen. You'd have Electra. You'd have. <laughs> <laughs> you would have Electra. So none there you go. That's why Catwoman is worse because it, has, it doesn't work. You'd have none of the fun. None of the none of the inventive shots. Uh, none of the the the. Jokes, but there can't be jokes. But they're right up there with Mr. Freeze saying "chill," and they're right up there with all the stuff that um, Uma. Thurman How many was times doing. is this woman gonna say "meow"? Every dialogue out of her mouth starts with "meow" or "prr." You could take a shot of. You could take a shot or play a drink game with that, and you'd probably be a little bit buzzed. But you'd be damn right dead if you did that for flashbacks in your film. Oh my if you God. did that okay. for how often Jennifer right, you know, I'll take the go... flashbacks over expositional dialogue. I, I... You mean like the one your film starts off with? <laughs> she, her, they call her Electra, sir. Oh, my <laughs> God. Well, not only that, Terrence Depp, and many years ago, and with the hand Oh, my chase, God. Na- I, hate, n- I hate opening narration over just stupid imagery. They did it in Green Lantern. They, they do it in the Ninja Turtles. It's they just never stop. take their, the gaze. They never take the spotlight off of my girl Patience Phillips in Catwoman. I feel oh like my God. in Electra, her nickname they, is PP. Listen, her initials are PP. Listen, listen, that's come on. No, there's no need for that, <laughs> that uh, potty mouth here on, on the which is worse, which is worse uh, episode of this podcast. But think about it. You got um, Electra there, and she's not even supposed to be the hero of this. Abby's supposed to be the hero of this. We're already passing the mantle. Of Electra because she's such a bad Electra. They were already looking past her to some random girl who could have been in Spring Breakers probably. <laughs> uh, and 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 I, I I don't get it. I don't get it. She has a magic chain. What's that? That was the she dumbest the out of nowhere scene that work? ever. Just out of nowhere, Electra's getting her ass kicked, and the writers are just like, "Wait, make this girl special." That's basically what it was. You have one cool henchman in tattoo. And I talk, and I talk what? about him. I, I hate that henchman the worst. And I'll talk about him in a second. But besides tattoo and typhoid Mary, could you name another another henchman without looking at the nicely put uh, 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 Wikipedia synopsis in front of you? Giant black guy that gets crushed by tree. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> Bob Sap. That was Bob Sap of freaking uh, uh, what's that movie? Longest Yard Fame. That's yes. Rodney Ronowski or whatever his name was. Yes, from. Uh, he Holy broke it in my crap. nose. That's him. He broke it in my nose. Yep, that's him. <laughs> I knew his face looked familiar. You probably I see him in everywhere now. You probably would have recognized him had he spoken. But this film gives nothing and no attention to anybody else. And that's how I knew you couldn't name any other people. He's playing stone in that film, in that uh, in that movie. Uh, uh, Mr. Shouldn't Bob he be Sapp. made of stone? Well, the thing is, Stone in the Marvel comics is not a villain. He's a good guy. He hangs out with guess who? Stick, Stick, and Stone. Oh they, wow, maybe they, this movie really is they, bad. They they messed up Stone, but that's fine, right? Sticks that's and stones. That's fine because <laughs> damn it, Marvel. Because they they did uh, adapt Tattoo well, and Tattoo, um, you know, seems to be based off a comic book character called the Tattooed Man. Wait, is that his real powers in the comic books? His so tattoos come alive? In the comics, the Tattooed Man, um, yes, his his uh, tattoos are able to come to life and then come back onto his skin, making it very dangerous because he has oh, a myriad... Oh, that's probably the dopest character of that movie. He has a myriad of um, cool tattoos, which means he has a myriad of cool and dangerous items to uh, kill people with. So the Tattooed Man, I think, is done well. You know what's not done well? That man that I just described, the tattooed man, is a DC character. No way. The only person <laughs> called Tattoo in Marvel is a female who has the power of writing in tattoos what she needs to communicate on her body. 
like it appears as a tattoo, and she could be like, "This is the map," or "This is this is what he confessed," uh, uh, or "This is whatever." So, not only not only did, did they scrape the bottom of the barrel for villains in your film, but they literally went into somebody else's barrel and, and picked something from there. And what DC villain was your 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 bad guy again, or was it just Sharon Stone playing generic female bad guy? Oh, we'll, we'll get to Catwoman. I still got some stabbing I need to do of Miss Elektra here okay because while both movies were directed by men and that's probably the biggest reason why both of these are not as great as they should be um, yours was directed by a french pervert with one name wow. listen they both had male screenwriters and both had almost um all male teams his of name producers. sounds like generic wine catwoman gives a producer credit to a denise denovi so there's a woman somewhere in the scope of what's going on in my And film. she didn't say, hmm, I don't think Catwoman wears dominatrix outfits. That and that outfit is is uh was created by like an Academy Award winning costume designer. You understand what I'm saying? Maybe the focus wasn't hundred percent right, but that has to do with the lack of, of so that's, that's why it makes it worse. You guys had better people working on it and it still turned out to be No, crap. no, I don't think we had better people working on it. I think we had more people working on it. You're, when you have Academy Award winning costume designers working on your film, there's no way that your outfit should look the way it looked. But she that woman is Academy Award winning costume designer the same way that Catwoman Ala Halle Berry is a Academy Award winning actress. You can only do with what you got. You know, but the people that the talent was there. But the thing is, you know, um, there's a lack of women voices on both sides of the production team and stuff like that. But Catwoman has always kind of sort of been typecast as overtly sexual. And we'll get to that when we get to my film. But um, instead of breaking the mold with Elektra, brand new, brand new kind of character. We saw her in Daredevil, but we're introducing her to the masses. We can give her like a whole like Xena quality of like she's kind of cool, kind of funny, kind of sexy, kind of dangerous. You give us Jennifer Garner in, in a freaking bustier and you have her kiss other women. And that's supposed to be heightened um, female uh, empowerment? I don't think so, sir. Because I think that when push comes to shove, the Marvel Knights of a series of films, the Daredevils, Punishers, Ghost Riders and stuff, they're supposed to be the superhero films with like the big boy pants on. You know, themes of like sex and violence and mobsters and guns and drugs, all the cool stuff. Okay, and you already answered your own question with Elektra having to be sent to kill a father and daughter at the age of 16. But she, but she doesn't. So you could have put that but in given a, those, but You could have put that in a G movie. But she still gives it no that kind there. of complexity. It's like, should I... I at that one point, she... Puts up the bow at least three times to let it go, showing that she's <laughs> contemplating and thinking about her decisions. Because there's two million dollars on the line. Anybody would be putting that. You see those memes on the internet? Would you slap this dog for one thousand dollars? You think about yeah, it, but, but then you're just gonna slap the dog. Yeah, and but would those people that say if, that they would slap a dog would they really end up doing imagine it? Imagine if you were hired to slap the dog. <laughs> imagine if that was your only job. Imagine if you went to Japan and a blind dog slapper spent years teaching you how to slap dogs. <laughs> Whoa. And then I don't think I want to go to Japan. And now. then you got put in a position to slap a dog and then still it just makes you a bad ninja. It doesn't make you. It doesn't make. But you the whole complex. thing was he was setting her up from the jump. He didn't really want her to kill those people. Because he he's a to bad master. He's he want, a, no, all he wanted to, people. No, because if she would have killed that father and daughter, he would have failed as a master. The fact that she didn't kill the father and daughter is why he passed and why he's a good test. master. That is because something, worst. some experiences can't be taught. Oh, they must be lived. Oh my gosh! Absolutely garbage. They gave us a simple. By the numbers, I was going to call it an action film, but I'm going to call it a barely any action film. 
because that's <laughs> that's exactly what this what this thing is. Definitely more like, action than Catwoman. What is your favorite action scene in Electro? What's your oh what's the chasing through the woods? I do like the chasing through the woods. It's literally just that. It's literally Logan. It's literally X three. It's every okay. Other so we've seen it before, but it, it's not. It, it's not like it's bad. And then, okay, what's your good. favorite action move in that in that thing? The Super Mario jump. <laughs> he was then terrible, <laughs> terrible. A tree falls down on one of the henchmen. That's how he Yo, gets. No, and she jumps out. to take out the ninja that's on the roof. Man, that kills me. Oh my god, it's absolutely ridiculous. And the thing is, you know, my film comes after the god awful, with some kind of camp, uh, you know, retribution, I guess, to it. Batman and Robin. You know, that was it. And my film comes after Daredevil before Ghost Rider. So it's like, I'm still whoa, stuck in the, whoa, whoa. But in the crap. I want to say that most people like Daredevil. After oh, I love Daredevil. I will never you know? I will never say anything bad about it. And so, Alexa coming off the heels of an okay film. I'm not calling it the greatest ever, but coming off the heels of an okay film. Uh, but Marvel's Daredevil. track record from like Blade to Elektra, before, from Blade to before Elektra wasn't really good. But they didn't really have a good track record of things. But from Blade to Elektra, from, from before... To Elektra, their track record was pretty shoddy because you have those bad Captain America films. You have uh, Man Thing, the Fantastic uh, the Four, the Punisher film. There's a Nick Fury film. I remember the Nick Fury um, film. None of those are really great. The Fantastic Four film, like you were saying, but from Blade, one could argue that they were on a hot streak. They did Blade, they do Spider Man, they do X Men, they do Daredevil, and then you give us this. Then they give us Elektra, and Elektra because it was it was a chance. It was tracks. they were taking a chance. It was it was a good five years of dark brooding acid rock soundtracks and and just leather pants fetish. And they're like, let's try it with a female. Let's see what we could do it <laughs> but with. But that's all they did. They literally just took the Daredevil script and. And Search one can and argue re- that they're going to take the Iron Man script to make it Captain Marvel. But they took search and they did search and replace for Daredevil and just put uh, uh, freaking Elektra in it, and that doesn't work because I think the biggest issue with this is be, is that it it kind of lies on the face of it. It makes it seem like this is going to be like an origin film or origin story, and we don't get an origin. We get clips that are not put together, like not chronologically put together. Like I don't know when. These things happen in the scope of time. Um, and the origin for the actual character of Electra, like just the Electra one name, we're going to cut off the Nachos, is gone, right? So we don't see much of who Electra Nachos is before her big transformation into now I'm a killer assassin. And you would think that Daredevil showed us that. But let me remind you that she was kind of already a full-blown ninja in that movie, as per the playground scene that Which I was just I talking kinda about. Which I kind of love because it it, it it takes that we've already established with the character. Okay, uh, maybe a lot of us aren't fully established with Elektra, but it's it's trying to take the chance that maybe people do know Elektra and we don't need to give them an origin story. Let's just try and give them someone who's already established 10, 20 years into their ninjury. And See, you know what? They failed. I will say that they failed, but at least they tried. Something more than Catwoman did. Oh, we'll, we'll get to that. But I think... That um, that not going for the origin story in Daredevil is the right move. But when you create the Elektra movie, you're creating the Elektra movie to garner attention towards Elektra the character. And so you, it behooves you to do that then. Um, it's like Black Panther. Like We didn't really get an origin story for Black Panther. We found out a couple things in Civil War, the things that we needed to know the most. But when we got down to how the Black Panther is powerful where the suit comes from, what vibranium is, all that we get in Black Panther. 
Which that, what Electra did, but failed to hit the mark on. They both did the exact same thing of, these are pre-existing characters from a movie that came out two, three years prior. Now we're going to try and do it where we don't need to explain their backstory, but we'll give you little breadcrumbs towards their backstory. And where Black Panther succeeded, Electra failed. I would like to order more bread to the table then, because I don't feel like they gave enough bread uh, that's what the flashbacks the were for. That's what that little. That, that's what those two, three scenes of her fighting with Stick were for. So you could see this is where she's learning to train. This is where she's. But those are like Danny Rand flashbacks. Like I, I yes, put you in basically a gi, yes. I yes. put you in a gi, standing in front of somebody with a gi. We'll say some mystical things, and I'm supposed to now just impart the idea that you've been doing this for 20 years, and now you are trained to, to the point yes. of stealth assassinry. I can't just believe that just because I see Jennifer Garner in a gi and she quit or she got fired. So it was like, <laughs> wait, so you're just like an offshoot assassin still like assassinating without the assassins knowing that you're well, assassinating? Well, I think the difference was is what she was doing with Stick was train protection. What she's doing as assassinry is making money off of the only thing she knows how to do. That, so that's that... why Stick didn't want her to communicate with her. She still has all that rage and uses it to kill. That's not the ninja way. And that's why Stick is a great master in this movie because he understands the ninja way. The writers at least understood what a ninja should do and what a ninja shouldn't do. So the whole movie, you're like, she's not a ninja. She's just some weird, stupid assassin. You're 100% correct. She isn't a ninja. She's trying to be a ninja. Listen, we see her boringly commit to a, an assassination in the beginning of the film. All right? We, so we do if get to see, see the, the beginning of the film. We do get to see the assassin assassinate. Uh, but then it goes right to her just cleaning up. Just cleaning up. We're just, <laughs> yeah. gonna, we're just gonna clean up. Clean up after myself. And then I'm just gonna get paid the money for this assassination that I just committed right here. I'm gonna get paid for it right on the, the mark and where I'm standing. Absolute garbage. Oh, and then the guy that goes to pay her comes with a second bunch of money to tell her that she has another job without ever telling oh, her that she has the... talking about the, the assassin agent. The, the agent, her agent. Electra's agent who goes and gets her these jobs. That's yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Where he, he comes with one satchel full of money and says, here, here's your money for doing what you had to do. And then he's like, oh, wait a minute. That's right. Somebody else paid me so you can uh, go take out this family. I remember that because I was stupid. It's like, were you not going to tell her the whole time? You're talking, about, you're talking about an agent who basically got tricked by a blind man <laughs> uh, into... And the thing is, like, I actually could have died because the hand was going over there to go handle that. And so Stick could have just got her killed. For being in the wrong place at the wrong time, if which you she kind of did treasure. die. If you look at her, pre- if, oh, you take, I mean, if, you time, yeah. if you take the premonitions, if you take those premonitions seriously, it, in the comics, Electra is trained by Stick, and therefore when she dies, it makes sense because Stick is going to resurrect her. Why the hell does Stick resurrect her post Daredevil, pre Electra? She's not the treasure. Crickets, crickets. crickets. She's not the treasure. She's literally the key to the treasure. Like. She's not anyone of value. She's not even the the one. Well, like, if you're the, the key title. to the treasure and you can't open the treasure out the key, she has a little bit of value. But guess what? If you're trying to keep the treasure away from somebody, you throw away the key. Then no one, <laughs> you don't have to worry about anybody getting the treasure. The hand wants the treasure because the hand thinks that this is the black sky. From Oh, God, now this is looking so much more stupid in my head. Oh, no, you're don't do this. She's oh, the black God. sky like they were in Daredevil, like they were in the show. And in that, they, they showed how dangerous that was where... Stick does kill the black sky to stop it from getting into the hands of the hand. He literally kills a child, and Matt has to beat the hell out of him. What the hell did you do? It was a black sky. You know what I'm saying? I heard it. It was a kid. It was breathing. And yes. Then, oh, God. And he that, kills was a, a, that was a great season. He kills a child because I'll be damned if the hand... This stick, eh. 
Let's just fire and her. At then what try point and... this dick has Abby in his custody? And it's like, yeah, take them out of here. What are you doing? What are you doing with these people? Horrible master. But like I said, it's just Terrence Stamp playing Terrence Stamp. There's no nuance. That's the problem. It's always going to be Terrence Stamp playing Terrence Stamp. Even if you've seen the movie The Limey, it's still Terrence Stamp playing Terrence Stamp. I don't know. I've, I feel like Stick is usually portrayed with like this hardness and he's like no nonsense. But he has a heart and affection for his trainees. And I don't feel like he cared about Electra in this film. I feel like he had three Electras, and he visited that Electra that day, and there's other Electras <laughs> out there. I feel like he is a TV sensei that gets single moms oh, to man. sign up oh my God. for assassin training, and then it's like, well, Becca, you did great, but uh, kill this mouse. You see how you didn't kill the mouse? That was the real lesson that I wanted to teach you. At one point, he says something like, I cannot see. I, I am blind, but I see better than you all. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. That's not wisdom. That's just fortune cookie garbage. That's, <laughs> and that's what I, a lot of this film, it felt like. Your film does take it more seriously than mine, but I don't feel like it took it seriously enough. And I think that's the issue is that... It's not it, that it didn't take it seriously. It's just it was so bland. It was boring. It's either cookie cuttery that we've seen it before or it was ahead of its time and we'll see it again in 10 years and it'll be done better. Yeah, that's the problem. It was it's so ahead of its it was so bland and boring that it was ahead, ahead of, its, of time. its time. It is ahead of its time because a lot of the story angles that went down in Electra you see in the MCU done better, done properly with better storytelling. So I would say that both movies are in itself ahead of its time, just so bad and bland that you can't even consider it anything. Kill Bill One came out in two thousand three. Yes, I two can. years prior to this. Another very attractive woman with a sword that can kill that people. That didn't play the sexual f- feminist role. And didn't role, play yeah. the sexual role and killed at least 88 people. Sometimes that's well, just they a name. Themselves that's just a name that they like to call themselves. But come on. There is no blazing of the trail if the trail is literally there on fire. Oh, but that's Tarantino to Rob Bowman. Can you name one Rob Bowman movie before or but after the, Electra? But that's the point. I'm saying that because they put Rob Bowman in that seat, they never cared about this film from the jump. That all of this was was like mandatory or something just that's on what the docket. That's 100% what they were. it I'll had it. to get done. And because it had to get done, no joy was had from anyone in it, anyone writing it. Um... Do you want to talk score? Do you remember anything from this film? Any musical cues at all? A lot of it was that heavy, distorted acid rock, that garage rock, the all that crap. It was just, it's crap. At the end of the day, it's all the same rave rock music that's been in all the early 2000, mid 2000 movies. Do you want to talk about the fights in the curtains with all the white curtains going around and all that? All that madness. There's some weird scene where she's fighting Karigi with their, her mind and they're mind fighting and oh, they're, yes. just, they're just in this place the whole with background's like limitless green. curtains and there's just curtains everywhere. Curtains uh, and yeah, I wanted to give this movie curtains but See, I this couldn't. is where you gotta put the editing of Tommy Lee Jones from Batman Forever. Curtains, curtains, all <laughs> curtains. <laughs> My God. I just... It's just bad. It, it's bad. It's it, bad. I, I, I can't sit here and say like it's not horrible. That, the love interest is bland. I, that's the point is I don't think there was supposed to be a love interest. It just If there was supposed to be a love interest, they fought, they shoehorned it in at the end. If there isn't supposed to be a love interest, then what was the point of the kiss? Like I just don't... Everything about it, it's like I don't get it because I see what you're trying to do, but I can't defend it. But And are all women trying to go for single 
Like, I feel like they did the same thing in Jessica Jones. Like, the hapless single father who's just trying to... No, that's the, that's the dynamic in almost going. everything. He's just trying to get it going, even though the mom's not in the life. But I'm just... You know, I just can't do this adult stuff. I'm just... Or this father stuff. I'm just trying my hardest to, to set a good example. I need, I need a strong woman to come by. Yep, that's literally... You're edges. describing every romance comedy of, like, and the it's 90s. Like, come on, like... What, what's going on here? This is not a regular movie. This is Alexa. She's an assassin. She should not care about any of these people. And I guess she went against her programming, and maybe that's what makes Alexa Against Alexa, her programming. Or her training, her very extensive training that she had. Uh, I thought that she had, I, that they kind of showed in some flashbacks. What's with all the stuff in the water? What's with all the stuff with her pops? I don't even know if that's the same actor who played her pops in the first uh, freaking movie. You know what's terrible is... A Man on Fire, a movie that this reminds me of, but done better, came out a year prior of the assassination turn. Oh, yeah. Good guy type. Yeah. Looks after the daughter with Gro- the father even archetype. In gross, even in gross, gross Point Blank, you have the assassin oh my God, yes, and the target blank. both fighting against other assassins. Transporter. They, they do it in a lot of, in a lot it's of these always the, It's always that that protector-y, protector yeah. type role where yeah. it's like... The, this is the best fighter in the world and the best person you need to protect you. And, oh, my God, I just want my daughter to be safe. And they have that little a kinship for the daughter. And it's it's always the, the daughter. It's always the Dakota Fannings, Ellie Fannings. I'm not, yeah. And I don't think this this Fanning, whatever Fanning she is, I don't think that she did all that great. I don't think Abby is all Oh, she's that the inspiration in for uh, Punisher Season 2. <sighs> Electra! Go listen. Oh my! Electra! Let me tell you something. <laughs> Let me tell you something about that right there. Electra! Because you're not lying. She gets Electra stabbed, punched, hit. Yo, she's so the one that got her killed. So many different times. Oh there's an occasion. God. There's an occasion where they're in the house, and Electra's fighting, and she's Electra's fine. She is fine. She's handling everybody on her own, and the father and the child are in a room locked, and they're fine. This is the whole reason why Electra put them in the room, so they could be in the room safe. She opens that door, burnt, runs out, screaming Electra, and causes everything to go to shit. All of it. And it happens It happens in the forest. It happens in the hedge maze. Every time Electra thinks that she got it, she'll hear this woman say something, go, huh? And then she'll be stabbed or punched or knocked down. Which or... is the Punisher sees too. Oh, oh, my, my God. God. It's terrible. I don't understand why they feel like they need to hang on to that as much as they did. Um, the main thing, the main thing about your film that is unforgivable is that it is just boring. It is just, <laughs> yeah. it is literally yeah, a man. chore to watch. It is an uh, an exercise. I think I got about an attention. hour in and I was like, holy crap, I'm still only 30 minutes left. It is an exercise in attention because I feel like this film, like most um, uh, mechanical bulls, tries <laughs> to throw you off of it. Multiple times. It tries to tell you, oh, you don't want to watch this. Look at this scene right here. You see, we're not even caring Well, right there now. is like a minute and a half of opening logos before the movie even starts. Listen. Uh, oh, I knew I made a mistake when I went to defend this movie. This, I knew it. This is... Yeah, I don't know. I... 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 I, I <laughs> the reason why I'm so speechless is because, again, I had to watch both these movies back to back, and I've never seen these movies before. And... I don't. It's not a surprise why they would turn, uh, you know, a blind eye to to try to make another female-led superhero film because this, this is the opposite of my film in a in a bad way. I would say, where mine takes extremes, I feel like yours plays it safe, so safe that it's just quiet. Yeah, yeah, I give you that. One. So safe that it's just, it's just white noise. It didn't make noise. It didn't make enough noise, but it made enough just to be considered the wor- one of the worst. And that, yeah, that is that is. 
that's what I gotta say about and you. This, and Do you have any 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 last ideas or things that you want to propound upon the people? Both the last... Catwoman and Elektra were directed by men. Yeah. Wonder Woman was directed by a woman. Yes, she was. Yes, it was. Patty that's Jenkins. all I. That, that's all we need to say about that. Miss Patty Jenkins. Is that these two movies were directed by men and Wonder Woman was directed by a woman? So. It, yes, yes, yes. It was. Um. Is a woman I, directing Captain Marvel? Uh, I think so. That's a good question. I'll fi- find that out. But did you see the deleted scene with um, uh, Matt Murdock? <laughs> no, I actually didn't even bother looking for it. I wanted to check it out, but I was like, uh, I need more of this movie, and I'm just going to end up like being on your side. Like, and we'll just steer arguing against the empty chair. The, the lecture is honestly so bad that I would go so far as to say that I'm surprised that Netflix saw any value in Elektra and Stick. Because I've, prior to Marvel Netflix, I didn't know who Stick was. That was my um, blind spot. You know, I didn't know much about Daredevil's lore past the hand and him being blind and how he got blind. Um, so seeing Scott Glenn as Stick um, and then seeing Elodie Young as Elektra and seeing, they even played it like if they were daughter, they had a weird... Father, well, daughter. yeah, because you could see that he was, like, training her since she was, like, a child, like... But what do you mean you could see that? We literally see no, that that's in all, this No, film. I'm saying that, that's what I said. Oh. You could see that he was training her since he was a child, yeah. and in the film, he's training her since he revived her. Which makes no sense. Why he revived her, I have no idea. You're right, he did train her after he revived her, so how does she know the skills that she knows in Daredevil? She fights sandbags. <laughs> oh, yes! She puts in the Evanescence disc. <laughs> I remember this. Yep. She puts it up. And then... Uh, right after her mother's funeral, she's in like at this empty... Father's ad- funeral. Oh, yeah, it was after her father's funeral. Father's she's in this funeral. empty room and just out of nowhere, I don't know how, if it's timed, if you pull a rope, no one seems to explain it to me, but just sandbags start falling and she just starts stabbing and moving and doing cartwheels to all of them. Yeah. And then the final sandbag she had a daredevil right? face drawn into the sandbag and, and she, she throws, throws the it. side through it. Yeah. Um, which makes no sense because if well, that's if she died there, did she not remember that she died? Even if she didn't remember that she died, she had to like remember like her dad dying. Yeah, if you can remember your mother dying at a child's age, you should be able to remember. Wait a minute, I have a boyfriend in New York who probably would like to see me. Not only that, I was training and I put on all this leather stuff and I pulled out these eyes. I'm assuming. Where did she get the leather outfit again? If she didn't, rem- it was black in the in the in the film. Remember? Oh, that's right, it was black. It was like yeah. this like ch- dark blood cherry or something. No, it was straight up black. It looked that. It looked they, like it had they the didn't even. To- no, they didn't even try. And that's weird because I was like, again, if you're gonna say that you know she's been already trained by Stick and all this other kind of stuff, I can see that working. But no, she she doesn't she say something about like taking self defense classes or something like that. Yeah, she takes like some sort of self defense class. Um, I'm trying to pull up a shot of Miss Gardner here, and that's her. Not a lick of red on it. Oh, that's all black. Not a lick of red, bro. Look at that. That is all black, yeah. Not nothing. There's like weird like designs and stuff. And so, yeah, straight up black outfit. She thinks in that film that Daredevil has killed her father because uh, Daredevil throws his stick at Bullseye. Bullseye grabs the stick, then throws that stick at Electra's father, killing him. So when she sees the stick, she thinks that I can't believe that that him. thing really killed him. It's a the freaking, force? it's like a Maybe plastic stab. But I guess the force against your chest, I don't know. <laughs> Trajectory. He was like, tw- there was like 10 feet away from him. I'm not going to defend that. Yeah, but but, I, but the reason why I'm bringing it up is that 
she should remember that there are people to there's people to get her revenge on. There are people who are seeking the ire of a deadly woman trained to kill. She never gets back to New York. She never gets back to Kingpin or Bullseye or Matt. We don't even know where she goes. She basically gets kidnapped. She gets brought back to life and then kidnapped. And then from that point on, when she's brought back to life and kidnapped, she is given direction by the man who brought her back to life. He then abandons her because she's not good enough. So then she just does what? Assassinry. But then what? Calls the guy and says, hey, I would appreciate it if you can hold, if you can <laughs> You're asking field. too many questions. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Can you field my assassin calls? I don't want to go back to, to New York because I, you know, things are a little bit muddy there. But uh, I would really like to start making a nine to five about this, you know. And it's it's all it's all it's all bad. All of it's bad. It's all Nickelback at this point. Hey, 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 let's not go too low. Now you're going low. Look at this photograph. Like that kind of bad, bro. That kind of bad. <laughs> so but now, low. I think it's time to talk about a good movie now, though. I think and then he starts to, to proceed about, to talk about Catwoman. Uh, My God. I think he's trying to talk about a movie that gets bad, that gets short strife. All right? That's, short strife? You I'm are talking really about grasping movie, at straws here. Listen, it picked, listen, it, it, it does its best. Name five amazing Catwomans before Holly Berry took on that mantle. There's been a You'll Exactly. Catwoman. Every Catwoman was amazing before Holly Berry took on that mantle. Listen, let's, let's, let, let me go into the, into the, into the nitty gritty of my film first before we get into all even that. Even Dr. Trace Meridian was a good Catwoman. And she wasn't even in the suit. Get out, you're out of control. <laughs> anyway, uh, Catwoman, starring Miss Halle Berry, Academy Award winning Halle Berry, not Academy Award winning. Razzie Award winning Halle Berry. Watch your mouth. One for what role again? Watch your mouth. <laughs> uh, that film was released on July 23rd, 2004, a full year before your film. It was directed by Pete Hoff. On 4th of July weekend? That's no, what no, they... no, no, July 23rd. Oh, I thought I heard July 3rd. I was about to say, no, that's no. what you decided to give us for America? Uh, it's directed by Pitoff, one name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, budget of $100 million, gross oh, of $82.1 my... oh, my God. Who, who paid who, how much money whoa, went whoa, into whoa. that? <laughs> no. $100 million. Oh, my God. Gross of, <laughs> of 82.1. But you laugh, but... I would argue that that is right along the lines of everything else DC has produced thus far. I think personally, if you look back, if DC you look got at some spending money, if you looked at the, oh, first of all, that's always been the case. <laughs> DC legit, got some spending money. They legit have a wheel of fortune of acclaimed actors, <laughs> and they spin it and they throw a dart and they say, "How much money do you want for us to put a bunch of paint or costumes on you?" And you're gonna play this role. It happened with when they announced Ben Affleck for well, Batman. They got that was Ben money. Affleck. The, the, he swore. Argo. He swore a blood oath to never. Well, not really a blood oath. I shouldn't know, but he swore an oath that he would never put on a costume again because of Daredevil. He was never gonna put on a costume again. How did DC and Warner Brothers manage to get him to put on the Batman suit? Money, 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 money. money, money. <laughs> oh my God! They got George Clooney one year. They've had everybody. DC has the money. They just rank it in. Um, so, yeah, they, they've always had the money for that. So, I, that's where, I, like, the $100 million budget is, like, everything else. Like, as long, you know. It's like 10 bucks to they them. Have, they have it, you know. So, it is what it is. But let's get into this synopsis. Mine is a lot shorter because. <laughs> it's a lot terrible. No, mine's a lot shorter because it doesn't muddy the waters with a bunch of random ninja <laughs> 
BS. But anyway. Oh, but it just muddies the waters with a bunch of random cosmetics BS. Cat BS. But anyway, cat, um, cat. Artist, <laughs> artist and graphic designer Patience Phillips is a meek people pleaser who's me. Do we ever that see her even be a graphic designer? Of the, of, the, uh, of the signature analysis. But anyway. <laughs> She's a meek people pleaser whose main support. See, that's but that's what I'm talking about. I'm, you know, I'm gonna, I'm bearing the lead here. But my film is at least funny. It's entertaining. Whether or not it means to be that, it is. Where there's nothing funny about your film. Anyway, uh, her main support is her best friend Sally. She works for a cosmetic company called Hadair Beauty, which is ready to ship a new skin cream called Beauline that is able to reverse the effects of aging. But when patients visits the R and D laboratory facility to deliver a redone ad design. She overhears a discussion between the scientist Dr. Ivan something and Laurel Hader, the wife Dr. of company. Dr. Ivan something. It's Slovaki? Slovaki? And Laurel Hader, the wife of company owner George Hader, about the dangerous side effects from continuous use of the product. Laurel's guards discover patients and are ordered to dispose of her. Patients tries to escape using a conduit pipe, but the minions have sealed it uh, shut and flush her out of it, drowning her. Washed up on shore, Patience is mysteriously brought back to life by an Egyptian... Whoa, well, let's not say mysteriously. It's it's not a mystery how that she was brought back to life. Patience, the cat burped into Holly Berry's mouth, no, no, people. No. So you know the think, cat burped into Holly Berry's mouth. I think what this means is it, mysteriously she is lifted from the water. By cat burp. No, she gets burped by the cat, cap, by the cat after she's already on land. But how does she get onto land? Her the, body just... Washes up physics. No, cat, cat, mysterious cat things, bro. Mysterious you, cat things. A G- Egyptian male cat, which has appeared at her apartment earlier. From that moment on, she develops cat-like abilities. This is um, Midnight the cat, all right? One of the stars of this film. So <laughs> she finds out that the cat's owner is an eccentric researcher, Ophelia Powers, which I think is supposed to be like, Ophelia Powers, your powers, like oh, Ophelia Powers. <laughs> oh my like, God. Ophelia. Okay, Bart Simpson. Ophelia, I think it's I. When I think Ophelia Powers, and she's the one that's just gonna talk to you about your powers. I think it's supposed to be like Ophelia Powers. <laughs> you know Listen, I don't know if you guys listening actually watch this movie, but there's a scene where she meets Ophelia Powers and she throws a ball, a little plushy, furry ball at cat. Halle Berry, and she just starts smelling it with she her hands. She is a cat, Dan, at that moment in time, and I think you need to res- respect in this day. Oh, of self identity, all right. I don't think I can respect politics, people that decide to identify this woman as cats. Is a cat? Well, she's trying to get you to identify, uh, you know, respect her identity because she learns that the Egyptian male cats serve as messengers of the goddess Bast. You know what other film talks That's about Bast? Black Panther. So yeah, all right. We got some historical oh significance. Oh my here. god, you're gonna pull that card. All right, let I'll let you keep that card. Patience realizes that she is now a cat woman, reborn with abilities that are also a blessing and a curse. Designed uh, disguised as Catwoman to hide her identity, Patience under co- under the cover of darkness searches for answers as to who killed her and why. Eventually, her search, which includes finding Slo- Slovakia's body and later being accused of his murder, leads her to Laurel. She asks Laurel to keep an eye on George, to which Laurel agrees. Yes. However, I was trying to get real confused there. However, when Patience confronts George, who is attending an opera with another woman, as Catwoman, he reveals he knows nothing about the side effects of the stuff. The police, led by Patience's love interest, Detective Tom Lone, Bone, Cone. Tom Lone, my God, they don't even try. Uh, he arrives and Catwoman escapes, and so they think that Catwoman is, uh, you know, involved. And then later on, Laurel murders her husband and blames it on Catwoman. Uh, and um, 
Then Tom basically gets Catwoman into custody. Help someone! Catwoman killed my husband. Catwoman killed George. Yep. Uh, Yeah, Laura reveals the side effects of the product. Basically, you got to keep taking this age cream or else your face basically uh, goes into like the... Which is basically just the the plot from Batman 89. It it has the same exact... Well, the plot from Batman 89 was that if you put it on at all, it, it will make you go that way. But I get your point, and it does have those people have like kind of glass glow scars, like. But that's right in line. That's right. That's right on Bat Brand, Dan. All right. Anyway, um, it doesn't matter because even though Catwoman is arrested, they're still gonna release Buline to the public the following day. Patience slips out of her cell, from the help of Midnight, and confronts Laurel in her Looking office. Looking like Senator Kelly, rescuing Tom, who came to question Laurel, but then Laurel shot him. During the fight, she scratches Laurel's face multiple times, causing Laurel to fall out of the window and grab onto a pipe. Laurel sees her face in the window's reflection and horrified by her skin's rapid uh, disintegration. Which is just Sharon Stone actually looking into a mirror for once. She falls uh, to grab hold of Patience. She fails to grab hold of Patience's outstretched arms and falls to her death. Patience is cleared of any charges um, and then decides to end things with Tom and chooses to continue living a life outside the law and enjoying her newfound freedom as the mysterious cat woman. Ends in the cliche on the rooftops, brooding in the night type camera shot that's in every damn my, superhero movie. My hands are up. Alright, this fight is about to go down because I'm ready to defend my my woman, my cat woman, my cat woman movie. Just defend right? the basketball scene. Just oh, the, try and defend that damn basketball scene. scene. How about the Mr. Fantastic dance scene? How about that? Huh? When he was out there on his bachelorette party or bachelor party in uh in Rise of the Silver. You want to explain that, that damn fucking that, that faulty Ferris wheel scene? How about the Amazing Spider-Man dancing or Spider-Man three dancing? That's I right up there. Okay. That's right up there with that. See? And like I said again, the Electro Daredevil playground fight. There are very few good portrayals of heroes wooing their love interests, and the basketball scene wasn't actually there to show the romantic chemistry between those two. It was there to show how confident patients have become in comparison to the beginning. Oh, so it's the Spider-Man. So it's the Spider-Man scene all over again. Where Which you Spider-Man get scene? From the very first movie, well, both both origins of Spider-Man. The you get your powers, you become cocky and confident. Angle. It's seen all the well, time. That, now, while that is while it is seen all the time, I would argue that that is. A superhero trope, not a not a like not a movie trope, and you already knew you were gonna get that with the opening narration of this film saying that uh, she had to die to basically another be film with opening narration. This time, instead of it being about Japan, it's about ancient Egypt and Japan, cats, USA. But um, <laughs> but listen, it's, it's the film's about rebirth, all right, and how health how a healthy identity can cause you to reevaluate um, not only how others treat you but how you treat yourself. All right, and she, I was able to reevaluate the kind of person she was and become a stronger person because of it. Where Electra doesn't ever change, she doesn't ever be. So- she doesn't need to change because she doesn't need to be. Con- she doesn't need to have powers to be confident. Maybe that's what the point is. It's the, the, the superhero trope of. But she does have powers though. She can see the future. But she got those powers after being revived. I don't think she and had those she powers had the, in Daredevil. But if she had those powers and that confidence, she probably wouldn't have needed to be revived because she wouldn't have tried to grab a side that was being thrown at her. And then she gets stabbed in the hand, and then she gets stabbed in the chest. So no confidence and too much confidence are both a bad thing. But, the, but No, the, I'm not saying too much confidence is a bad thing. I'm saying, I'm that saying too much confidence is a bad thing. because it's just about? It's the superhero trope that we see all the time. We, we, we're supposed to feel we're supposed to feel relatable to these every man, every woman, quirky, down in their luck, 
type of people. And then as soon as they get these God-given powers, they become the most arrogant asshole that you've ever seen in a movie. But that, that's And that's how they learn that they're supposed but, to be great but power every, and great that's responsibility. That's literally everything. You've seen the myriad of YouTube personalities that have to have climbed down from their high chair of, you know, of fame because of the very terrible things they did in their real life. How their power, that even that little bit of power, corrupted them. This is an actual factual thing. You've seen people talk, you've seen rock stars be like, when I'm on stage, I'm a completely different person. Like, when I'm to myself, you know, headphones in, head down, is what it is. But I'm up there, I'm... Sammy Hagar, Confidence being used for your for not only your advantage but for the benefit of art. This That's would, what this is. This is not the benefit of art, and don't you dare try and speak that blasphemy she here. She had the confidence to to make the decisions that she made in this film. She wasn't pushed around. There was no blind yeah, person. Yeah, robbery and public disturbance and breaking of public of private property. She broke down this poor guy's door just because his music was too loud. Like you can't make a noise complaint to the cops. She needed, what, money? So she decides to rob jewels. But then, oh, no, wait a minute. That's not me. That's that's my new powers talking. Let me give back the jewels with the same exact handwriting. Well, she does give them back. We show, we show where on the line my character is. Your character does whatever that blind guy tells her to do. And that, that's what puts she her in She needs the guidance. They both need guidance, but Elect- nah, Electra I'm had not the- trying to see the. I'm not trying to see the superhero movie where they need guidance. I Show me that in a flashback where they got the guidance, and now they have the guidance. Spider-Man never got guidance. We great power here. comes great responsibility. And then that guy died. <laughs> that guy died. And he doesn't realize it in the moment. That guy died. When he they say, that. when he says great power comes great responsibility, Peter doesn't go, oh, yeah. It doesn't take until somebody dies for him to go, oh, yeah. He did say that a day ago or something like that. Yeah, and morning. it took Electra to see that she was about to murder a 16-year-old girl for her to realize that she had made mistakes and she needs to change the things about her life. That's that's flip-flopping. That woman got powers. Woman will not do that. She will not flip-flop. She made her choice. She's going to do the things that she does. And no man is going to have her think otherwise. No man is going to tell her, well, you just had to live through this experience instead of me just telling you. Have you ever had, have you ever had to up. kill a child? Until you have to, you have to I've contemplate never killing. I've been an assassin. A- <laughs> I've never been an assassin. If I was an assassin, I'm pretty sure I would have to have killed some kids. That baby Hitler question comes up. You understand? You're gonna have to figure out what what's going on uh, there. You know, and like I said, like it or not, Halle Berry's giving it, giving it her all in this. Now, whether she should be giving her all in this, that's a whole other question. Every line in this movie is just flirtatious, overly sexual dribble. It's like, oh. Hi, and I'm patient and sorry, meow, no, only meow. some of it. There's some of that. Bro. I'll give it to you. There's some of that, but it's definitely not all of it. Alex Borstein is one of the most annoying people in the world, and I never in my life thought I would say that, so thank you, George, for having to make me say that you Alex Borstein... You think Alex Borstein is more annoying in this film than Abby is in yours? There's not a. There's no way. There's absolutely Damn no it. way. All Alex right. Borstein Damn is it. a caricature. She is. She's but she's, she's not what here somebody screaming. Patience. She's 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 somebody that she's somebody created from the idea of like I wonder what two women would talk about, and that you should just ask women instead of just assuming that that's what they would talk about. Butts and abs, and look at his dreamy eyes. And do you remember that sex suit I got you for your birthday? But what like is I said, this? But this like is I not said, Catwoman. But Halle Berry gives her all that she got. All right, she she tries to elevate the material, even you though know, she. I will give you that at least Halle Berry as an actress did try with a lot of her uh, choreographed movements, a lot of her facial features, a you lot of the way she read those dialogues. But the way the script was, you couldn't give it any less than it all. 
because then there would be no and film. And she still literally. won a Worst Actress Award. She did, which, and and we'll get to that in a second, but, you know, she tried to elevate the material even though she fully admits to not understanding the director. And when you can't understand the director, he's directing you to emote, you can't blame her for that. But you can still tell every emotion that she's trying to convey, unlike Miss Gardner. And there's a definitive switch between Patience and Catwoman, which I think is the biggest crux of this entire film. But let's talk about, let's talk about the beginning of this film, because to be honest, this film never had a chance. It never stood a chance, all right? You know when the first, uh, when this first script was first penned? All right, it was penned after Batman Returns, when Tim Burton thought he was going to be the director of this Catwoman spinoff film. Which probably so, would have been better. So, in January of 1994, Burton was still unsure of whether or not he was going to adapt Catwoman. In 95, you got somebody turning in a Catwoman script the same day that Batman Forever was released. The same day. And mind you, Batman Forever is the decline of that series. So they don't even get to course correct because they were, we were going to start moving every, all these wheels at the same time without even seeing what the hell is going to go down. But it's fine because Michelle Pfeiffer still might be interested in doing it and Burton still might be uh, want to uh, direct. But then Burton drops out. And then uh, Pfeiffer drops out. And then this film stays in development hell. Mind you, Pfeiffer was talking about liking it and might be wanting to do it in 95. 95. So we still got nine years till this film gets made. And it goes in development hell. And after a while, you know who was set to, to star as the lead of this? Ashley Judd was, was, was oh my God. to be the lead of this. And she oh would have made God. this absolutely horrendous. Not Garbage. saying there's anything wrong with Ashley no, Judd. No, there is something wrong with Ashley Judd. I, besides the movie Double Jeopardy, everything that she's in from even her NCIS TV show is just, all of it is just boring. Just put she's her like up. that ant that you, that you avoid every year until Thanksgiving where you're like, crap, we have to go to her house? That's who Ashley Judd is to me. So you know what? I'm glad Holly Berry was casted. What I don't understand about this movie being in development hell is how this movie ended up being greenlit and Superman Lives ended up being a documentary. Uh, well, and that, that's, another, that's another curious question because I think Superman Lives was going to be made in 99, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and so Tim Burton was on that as well. So he must have been like, well, I'd rather do this than do the Catwoman stuff. But um, yeah, they were taking a lot of chances. And DC, this is like, this is, we, I'm talking where as of right now, you can Google that DC is currently working on a uh, Super Pets movie. Like a movie about Crypto the Dog and Ace the Bat Hound, like the animals. That's greenlit. People are working on it right like now. Like Secret Life of Pets, but with, oh my God damn it, Jesus. I hope it stays onto the DC streaming service and not becomes like a theatrical thing because I would not. All right, listen. If if anybody else is was born in anywhere from the year eighty nine to ninety four, you have definitely watched Crypto the Superdog on Cartoon Network from the years of like what well, would say two thousand to two thousand four. That show came out around the same time as Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. So yep. I remember Crypto to Superdog. I used to love episodes of Crypto to Superdog, one of the coolest cartoon TV shows of a spinoff I ever saw. Does that mean that I want to see a, a computer-generated, probably voice-acted by John Mulaney and Trevor Noah-type movie with super pets? I mean, listen. I mean, I like John Mulaney, so that, let me that, not say nothing Well, that's bad. what I'm trying to say. Like, they look at they legitimately just have been taking a bunch of chances. So after, not, after a judge stepped out, in 2001, they were thinking about using Nicole Kidman, which you were talking that, about Jack to chase Meridian. That would have been good. 
I would have taken because even during even during that time she had Mahalan Drive. To so. tell you the truth, I think the film should have been scrapped once Pfeiffer said she wasn't going to join because I think that was the initial the idea that the director and the actress from the previous installment was going to be in the spinoff. Yeah, but that I would, I would usher in something new. I would have no was, problem ushering me, in something new. But to me, there was no new image yet. You've you've told everybody it's new, and now everybody's in the theater, and now. You're backstage having to now draw something new because you've now promised something new instead of having it first and then saying, I would like to show you something. You're going, I would like to show you all a Catwoman movie. And then everyone shows up and you go, she's not Selena Kyle. <laughs> she's fake. You know, you just start making things up. And that's the issue. I feel like for three-fourths of a decade, all right? No one gave a single thought to this damn movie. And so, once Halle Berry is chosen for it, it becomes a mad dash to create a Catwoman mythos, whole cloth. And, you know, by choosing Patience over Selena, Warner Brothers was probably thinking they could save Miss Kyle's reputation. You know, they were like, you know, we'll, we'll do it with Patience, and maybe Michelle Pfeiffer in 10 years, if she wants to come back, she could be Selena Kyle, it'll be what it is. But, like I said, it, the film is, is about rebirth, and they try to rebirth the... Catwoman character, you know, they throw away a lot of Catwoman's history. Redcon. They tried retconning for someone <laughs> for someone new. They're trying to appeal to a certain demographic. All it was was fan service that did not pay off. Electra, on the other hand, was not fan service. No one wanted this movie. No one asked for this movie. But they tried anyways, and it failed. They learned from their mistakes, and now we have the MCU to course those mistakes into the right direction. <laughs> but before, <coughs> before we had the MCU. We had people making these making these choices, making these uh you know Bane it was an idiot in in uh, yeah. uh what you call it. And that's something that they made up whole cloth. They the Bane was Ghost never... Rider was screaming before his transformations. Oh, you know, they like... made all kinds of weird choices. So in this one what you blame Sony a lot of it for? Blame Universal, you know, blame the blame the people that are dis- that, that are trying to produce these craps from already established um, forms of medium. Yeah. Now, now that you have the MCU, which is more than just two, three people in a movie studio, this is hundreds of people in different levels of studios. You have Disney, you have Marvel, you have movie studios all coming together to make this one thing. Catwoman, on the other hand, had nobody but a French pervert named Privriot. Uh, his name is... I forgot it too. Pitoff. Pitoff. But, but, fake... But, Generic wine. But, but, but follow my logic here real quick. Because, you know, throwing away all that history is kind of a foolish choice. But it is definitely and definitively bold. All I will right? give it that it was bold. Because, now check this out. By ridding her of her burglar past, Warner Brother may have pissed off a lot of people. But wouldn't making an extra sexualized and sensual woman using her seduction to get her way be a step back for the whole heroin thing? Because with no powers, because the regular one doesn't have powers, it's usually Selena's assets that she uses to get by. <laughs> nice. So how do you make a film with a protagonist who steals just because she can, while also trying to get her over, like get her to get cheered for doing so? I mean, well, you I don't know... make her this in the corner, like shrill type girl. Like I don't know what it is, but they always feel like. Nerd, like that. Nerds are these social. Yeah, nerds are socially awkward. But not every superhero needs to become this great and powerful force from a one socially awkward character. I don't need Patience Phillips with these baggy trash think, clothes. But I think that that socially awkward character is supposed to be the avatar for the common movie goal. Yeah, that's what it is. It's the everyman. This is supposed right. to be the most relatable character 
ever. Everybody is supposed to feel like, this is me if I was in a movie. Oh my God, that would be me if I had powers. And Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh it's yeah, I get that. I superhero get that. fatigue, I'm about to say. You're making it's me just, say that. It's just hard to get get a, a, a cat burglar over. Because it's not, this is not like Robin Hood, you know? Catwoman's never been that altruistic. Yeah, but she's look how good the poor and Michelle Pfeiffer the... was. But the thing is, I would argue that... And that was the same woman. That was the same kind of woman. Even if her name wasn't Selena Kyle, they still had this, like, palette-colored, oversized clothes. They were assistants. Oh, yeah, 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 definitely. They were, they were quirky. They had glasses or no glasses, but... And then when they get their powers, they're somebody else. They're somebody well, you different. want her to be more like Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, but Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman clearly wasn't a burglar either because she didn't steal shit. None in none of those movies she stole anything. She went to that. She was breaking in. She blew up that that the Shrek place, but she wasn't there to steal anything. She went over there because she, she oh went my. over there because somebody killed her, and now she's back for revenge. The Halle Berry. The Basically, Halle Berry this thing. is the same story. So, so, so you can't blame Halle for this. I'm not blaming Halle. I'm blaming the writers for giving us something so illogical. Listen, listen, look. Why like is I it said, that we had to wait till Dark Knight Rises to get an actual burglar's clue? Nah, listen, she is, she is, she is a burglar, but they never call her Catwoman. And for all the great things of the Nolan trilogy, they were a little bit shy and scared of being comic book movies. And I, that's something still that I would say. But they still worked. Yeah, they but, made it work. They they grounded themselves in that realism. But that's the thing, though. That's the thing. This film is way before the Nolan trilogy. Well, not way before the whole trilogy. But this way is before... one year before Batman Begins. Batman right, Begins before... came out the same year as Electro. Oh my God. Yeah, check that out. Wow. But um, but don't get it twisted. Batman Begins did not light the world on fire. No, Let, not at all. Let's not have revisionist history here, folks. Batman Begins is a great movie, but but it not, was very but boring and no one really not, liked it. Like, yeah, where we finally got Batman back until Dark Knight. So um, this is way before that whole trilogy changed everything and it reinvented the superhero genre, and that's what makes this film feel like it's the old way of making this kind of movie. You know, the same way that since inventions like streaming and stuff, we look at items like the laser disc or the VHS as like archaic or whatever. That's how we're going to look at Catwoman because we're so cushy in our 2019 superhero landscape that we forget the bad taste left in our mouths after movies like oh, Batman and course. Robin. No, for a good, like, I would say six, seven years were terrible comic book movies. Uh, to, if you're going to take them to the standards of the comic book movies we have today, terrible comic book movies. But I felt like... Catwoman wasn't just a product of its time. It was a product of its genre in the most irrational way. Like, it went to the extremes of being the product of its genre. Every time you see you see this woman, she's doing rooftop walks. But that's the thing. If you want to talk about product of its genre, um, I would argue that Batman and Robin are that. It becomes the, the parody of the genre instead of being just a chapter of the genre. But it's important to know... Like, what makes this movie different from Daredevil is what I see it as. I see both these movies. I think Daredevil takes itself more seriously than this movie does. But I mean, just the the whole landscape of of that kind of person. How am I trying to say? Just the way the city is shot, the way the at that superhero performs. Now here's the thing: there's there is a crop of heroes that similarly stalk the same city. Yeah. Well, sometimes the same city, but like the idea of like. Hanging out by gargoyles and on terrorists and stuff. The, like that. On the rooftop there's rooting, a bunch yeah. Of, there's a bunch of that. Especially with like now Arrow's doing it and he wasn't doing it before, but now he's doing it. There, there, that just happens. And if you want to kind of make those similarities come into people's minds because ultimately I'm hoping you would want to bring this character into a Batman film and use her and then you would you would have the, the similarities and stuff. But Batman and Robin, for all, for all that we say about it, right, doubled its budget. 
It that doubled its budget card. in gross. You understand? And it doesn't change the fact that the film is a parody of not only the character, but of all the Bat mythos because of things like the Bat yeah, card. Do you remember how people in the 90s were? Of course, this movie back in the 90s was like, you know, a great thing. People in the 90s didn't know what the hell they liked. They liked, the, I think Space Jam even made its money back. Like, that's just how it was. It's like we had this kind of weird, campy, fun taste where it's like nobody wanted to turn their brains on. We had Schindler's List in the be- in like '95. We had a few good men. Now we just want to enjoy Batman versus oh, not Batman versus Superman. No one wants to enjoy that. <laughs> Batman and Robin. You gotta save Martha, George. Listen, save Martha. Don't get me started on that. That's a whole other. That's a whole other thing. I had more fun watching this than I had watching BBS. I because have... I had no, I had no expectation. I have to say, watching both of these movies, did I did have a lot more fun than watching a lot of DC's movies now. Because it, there's so much seriousness that there's not even room for any any garbage. And but I'll give it to you, $100 million, $100 million. But who's going to give $100 million to some random one-named Frenchman who literally only has one credit, one prior credit to this film? He only has. He has barely ex- any experience porn. working on an English language set and close to zero experience directing a big budget film. In comparison, the entire Blade trilogy costs around $65 million. That's still $35 million to throw on Halle Berry if you wanted to. And at least that trilogy had vampires Wait a minute. Did this, this movie made back its Blade's entire budget. You yes. said Blade's Wait, entire think... three-movie budget was $65 million? Yeah. This movie made back like $80 million. $80 million. Yeah. This movie made back more than their entire Blade budget, and Blade was still better than this movie. Now, now, sir, I would put Trinity up there with Elektra. No, I would have to put Trinity up there. With... You understand? Trinity so, was bad. So it does get bad. And they had a Blade TV show on Spike. Let's talk a little bit about them jokes, though. Let's talk about that humor, because... I do think that the humor is slightly lowbrow, but it's only a little bit slightly lower brow than like the Fantastic Four. What did you say? Let me get a white Russian. Hold the Kahlua. Hold the rum. That just leaves cream. Isn't there a joke in Fantastic Four about the thing killing his wife during sex? Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Rock slide. This thing. Look, the out of touch nature of this romantic comedy thing definitely got in the way of this whole movie. That I that's right there and there, and I think that's the fault of the director who felt that maybe a romantic con comedy genre is the only thing that women want to see which that's his fault for thinking that and that's why we have this film but with literally no successful movie to model after there's none and my movie comes before yours so you can use mine as a cautionary tale we don't even got that we got supergirl 1970 whatever the heck um Pitoff ends up making a movie about a timid woman learning to find her inner awesomeness through magical powers now he didn't need catwoman for that he didn't have to take. He didn't have to take a popular, eighty-plus year <laughs> veteran comic book character for that. But he, there is no, there is no mold for this. There is no, there is no. Uh, he could have done a Huntsman movie, and I bet you it would have been amazing. Huntsman. If this, not Huntsman, uh, Huntress. Oh. If this character would have been Huntress, I bet you dollars to dollars this would have been an amazing movie. Well, maybe he should have made the Electra movie. How about that? Or at least a, a I would take a Black Canary. Take any unestablished character to the to the outer movie fans and throw it into a movie like this where it isn't 50, 60 plus years of actual actresses that have put everything they have into making these characters for themselves. Yeah. If you would have just given us Huntress or Black Canary, I'm telling you, there was no there would be no me being able to fight this movie. This movie probably would have been great. 
But but the fact that that they're trying to give us this Catwoman story without even going anywhere near the actual elements of Catwoman is just horrendous in of itself. And what did this guy say in his interview when he asked how he got the role for Catwoman? He was like I read a bunch of Catwoman comics. I like women. Yeah. Oh, uh, I like yeah. No, yeah. I'm a Frenchman. I like women or something like that. He yeah. One of his oh my interviews. God. Yeah. Jesus. Even the director is a pervert. Yeah, but listen, you know. Listen, 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 listen. I feel like while sexuality was on full display in this film, I do feel like sexuality is innately tied to the Catwoman mythos. I feel like, you know, we've seen it in 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 all kind of in all kinds of ways. But the thing is. The reason why it, the reason why it exists in this film is I feel like for some reason sexuality is shorthand for confidence in this movie, and so no, that's that's that is the overall message of this movie. Yeah, she works at a cosmetics firm. The bad guy is somebody that has like crow's feet that she's been trying to hide. Yeah. Alex Borstein is like that overly sexual best friend that's trying to get your that's trying to, that tries to get her friend to be a hoe. Yeah, you know, like. Friend. Like this is that is the message of the movie is sex is confidence and sex sells. Yeah. But it floated the message by making it see, I wouldn't say the problem with Electra that isn't the problem with Catwoman is that Catwoman had interesting storytelling, had interesting characters, and had a, a pretty a pretty good plot that I could follow. But everything else about the filmmaking of this movie it just made me not want to pay attention to anything else. But let me—that's what I'm saying. Let me let me let me change your mind, Dan. Because it sounds like you're coming over. Oh, I'm like not you, coming. Over. Both these movies are like terrible. You, it sounds like you're calling over, Dan. And I, let me just let me just ease your mind with it because ultimately, like I said, my 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 girl, she appreciates and revels in her sexuality and and her freedom. That freedom is something that Patience chooses instead of her sole reason for existing being a trophy for Benjamin Bratt to win. Whereas yours. Has to get to that point. Has to get to the kiss. And well, all that she's stuff. not no trophy for nobody. She just, I she's mean, just a lost. I mean, she's a, Electra is a lost cause at this point. In the character wise, in her story up until the beginning of the I movie, agree. she was a lost cause. And for I the still rest, think at the end of the movie, she's a lost cause. That's the thing is, this character is a complete lost cause as far as personalities go. Yes. So it's hard to write an interesting story when automatically off jump, you storyboarded that this character is a lost cause and there's no point for her. Where even her whole. S- but then why even flirt with a with a romantic thing? Why couldn't nobody just, understand why couldn't Anne, real Abby, writing? Abby should have just been a, a, a orphan. Dog, yeah, I would have taken the orphan thing. I would, I would have. Like, that that would have been a much better angle. And then she steals. She was able to steal because she's been stealing to live her life forever. You, that would have been a much better angle to go by. Is that this girl is an orphan and it makes sense why she can fight? She's learned her whole life to defend herself. This was some guy that knew a secret but didn't know a secret or <laughs> something like that. I think when all is said and done, the the great Catwoman film the should be remembered. Catwoman should be remembered film. as an attempt, albeit poor. <laughs> to grab the new female audience. All right? It's an assaulting attempt. I can't say it. I can't a- agree with you on that. I it's an like- insulting. I'm not going to lie. It's an ins- it's, it's, it is an insulting attempt because if you were, if you consider what they thought females would like, I, I it's insulting. But it does have real actual themes to it. Uh, you have things like being stifled by the patriarchy, right? Where she's being literally... Uh, verbally torn down by her boss, and then only when the other woman allows her to speak is she able to speak. So you have all that being stifled stuff. You have sexual repression, right? Where maybe you do have these feelings of wanting to go out and do all that stuff, but if you are vocal about it, you look like Sally. Yeah, but I and don't Sally think every looks girl like a what? Wants that. Sally looks no. 
girls might want sex in general the same way guys want of sex course, in general. Of course, but I don't think girls want a comic book character that is just made for sex. And as boring and bland as Elektra was, at least it gave the these women a chance to look for a superhero that's like, you know what? She doesn't use her ass to get interrogation information. She can't fight, and the, the, the choreography is terrible, but at least she's trying to be this empowering woman. Both are very narrow-minded statements for female empowerment, but at least Elektra tries to stay away from the sexualness of the female empowerment. But I feel like... Catwoman is that sexualness. Like, e- e- whether or not you'd like it or whether no, or not it plays now. Catwoman is a sexual character. Like it's, it's, you said, it's like, pe- a sexual it's like, character. It's like Pepe Le Pew. Like, that character wouldn't play now, but that's what that character is. And if you have a problem with everything Barry does, like, being overly sexualized, I'd like to point you back to Batman Returns, where Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman licks Batman's whole face, puts a live bird in her mouth, and tries to seduce the Penguin. Okay, and but that, that was... Is, was all overtly sexual. She Penguin walks in, and he's on her bed. She's on his bed purring and playing with her cat playing with her kitty in his bed come on man it's all there and, and uh, all you know what but Michelle Pfeiffer had a way better meow scene oh. where she where, where she's like she has her mask up. where her mask is ripped and she's no, like that's what she does the flips she does a bunch of she does a bunch I, I love that movie she does a bunch yeah, of, of uh, back flips and then she lands looks at in front of, of Batman and I think it's Batman and uh, oh, Christopher Walken and Christopher Walken and it goes meow and then the and she's like explodes. meow then really like awesome like but how awesome that was and how, yeah, does, Cat, also got- and how does Halle Berry do with the Catwoman cat meow she literally goes up into the guy's ear and goes meow just like that sexy. meow Look, Catwoman is sexy and Halle Berry is sexy so I don't know what you're talking about but uh, yeah you know she's just trying to do the whole cat thing I feel like it. This was a bad attempt because of, because of who was doing it. I think because of a man trying to tell a woman's story and thinking of what a woman should have and do. Bro, that's like a guy doing a documentary on menstruation. Like, how are how are you gonna do a documentary on the female reproductive system? But here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Even though he he shot and he kind of missed, there are some. Like I said, there are themes here. There are things here. You know, um, Sharon Stone's character. You have you have cookie cutter and bland. It is, but there there's there's legit art in this. Oh my god! All right, this, this there's legit art in this because at the end of this film, patience is independent of it, of all of everything. I don't even think she's gonna go back to work. She just got fired, right? She she, t- she talked back to the boss. She got she fired. She took a mulligan on her job. She talked back to she's the on boss. She's on sabbatical. She got fired, and then she uh you know she left. Bone Malone, whatever his name is, to alone. What was his name? Tom Lone. Tom Lone. Yeah. Tom Lone. Sharon Stone's character, uh, Laurel, is a character who literally needs her beauty to be successful, and literally needs men's attention to stay relevant. Written she, by man, basically. That's, right, oh but God, th- but so she is by but, a guy. but she is the villain. You understand? She's the villain. She, if she has it her way, every woman would be the same as her, using the Beauline product. To try to hold on to some kind of semblance of just being beautiful, no substance, and she's played as that, and she fights against somebody who had inner heroics the entire time, now outwardly, and who's ferociously and fearlessly unapologetic about the per- kind of person that she is. Meanwhile, Sharon Stone is constantly trying to hide herself. So you got now Lambert Wilson, George Hader. He's not great, but. They do make it a point of him not trying to hide being a disgusting person. He verbally abuses patients at one time. He tries to open hand slap his wife. You understand? Like we we see definitive reasons why these people are bad. The hand, 
I don't know. They're bad because they're Asian, because they're they're ethnic, and they're, and our heroes are not. That's the only reason we have oh, for that. Not is not the reason why Come we have. There on. was we, neither of us were paying attention to that opening exposition, but I think that opening exposition told us what the hand was for. Terrible. Instead of making Mr. George Hadare the true uh, villain of the film, they they use him as a scapegoat for the male gaze, for the guy who just can't keep it in his pants. He just has to, to get the younger person and the younger Wait, this and younger that. He looks like he he's wearing just, makeup. He probably is. He looks like he's wearing lipstick and lip balm. 2003-4 was the height of metrosexuality, sir. Oh, thank you, Queer Eye for the straight guy. I will tell you that right there. We probably needed some of those people on wardrobe for this, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, they make him a scapegoat for the male gaze, and then he just gets his just desserts when another strong female, Laurel, puts her foot down for good. Scratches him to death. It puts, Scratches him to death. It, just say it. It puts two Academy Award winning actresses against one another, and it's one of the first major comic book films to feature a female antagonist. Main only, not just Bane. You know what I'm saying? Uh, female antagonist. So, listen. At the end both of the- products, both movies were products that were ahead of its time and still ultimately failed. <laughs> Mine was better though. And at the end of this, at the end of this story, the end of this movie, it's two women battling out over identity. Like I said again, Stone is determined to hide her true face. This man really like you really grasping at straws. No, this you, is the this- art that you miss when you don't understand Pitoff. <laughs> 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 This is what you don't... This is... You're too busy looking for size. And you're too busy looking at the CGI. And you don't realize what my Frenchman oh is out here painting God. a Picasso. Oh, my God. All there right? was actually a, what, a, co- a cohesive story this whole yes. time under all that CGI. Stone is determined to hide her true face indefinitely. Oh, my God. I'd give it to you fear, just for that research alone. <laughs> for fear of being ostracized because of her age. And that's a very real occurrence in Hollywood. Ageism is very real. Very real. While Halle Berry is fearlessly again... Just stoked to be alive. Like she's just happy to be her she, and be her completely. Just the fact We're that only everybody one... plays that stereotype. Everybody in this movie is a stereotype. But, also, but this is also your opinion after ten more years of that stereotype. You know what I'm saying? Like since since this movie's come out, it's been done a million times before, but now it's been done two million it's times. It's not even since. the fact that it's been done and in movies. It's, these are real stereotypes in real life. The 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 hoard out best friend. The the well, the, the female p- person but, of color that, that has been shunned by the matriarch. Sally wants, and... sex. Sally wants sex just as much as George Hedare wants sex. Well, they are a married couple. I, I mean, no. Should... Well, Sally is the is the friend. Oh no, Sa- that's right. Well, what was the what was Sharon Stone? I don't even uh, I don't Laurel, even know these people's Laurel, names. Laurel. This is how bad this movie is. I don't even know their names. Laurel. Laurel. What's the name of the leader of the hand? Roshi. I know that because I hate him. Because <laughs> Master Roshi? No, that was, that was Shang Tsung. What was the name of the guy who went to go fight for the hand? The one to go kill Elektra? Oh, his son? Yeah. I don't remember his son's name. Takashi or some shit oh like that. Oh my god, that's just racist. But, yeah, I mean, come on. It, it, it's literally all the... It's like Kurogi or Kurogi or something like that. <laughs> and guess what? My film? Reasonable stakes. Because it doesn't have to be the whole world being destroyed all the time or a blue light in the sky to have our heroes spring into action. In this instance, it just so happens that Catwoman is... To be a major corporation that's an evil conglomerate, blah, 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 1984, George Orwell. And that would be very cookie-cutter and cliche. But Catwoman is not going after Hadare and the blue line because that's what happened. She's going after them because they killed her. It just so happens that they're also doing something illegal. So... She's killing two birds with one stone. And so not she's putting... not even a hero in this. 
She's not even a hero. But Catwoman's not a she's hero. Looking she's looking for like revenge. an anti-hero. She's like a, she's always been kind of an anti-hero. And here's the thing. She's killing two birds with one stone in this film instead of putting any birds in her mouth because the people who killed her just so happen to be trying to poison more than half the population. And so this film is allowed to breathe without the crushing weight of nuclear stakes all the time. And even Anne Hathaway had to try to get as much Catwoman as she could out of The Dark Knight Rises, a film that literally saw a city in the balance and ripped in half. You understand? She had to just scrape whatever scene time she had left to get some Catwoman out of that. And it, so it, 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 it's hard. You know, when the film ends, the character as played by Halle Berry isn't a dumpster fire. I don't think, like Elektra, she, you could just write her off as just, it, it, there's no hope. She may be incredibly campy with her bad puns and her cat behavior, but there is space to improve upon the original mold used for this heroine. And I can totally see someone taking this IP to its natural destination and rebooting this film with Berry in it. It's only fair that Halle gets some superhero redemption, the likes of Affleck and Reynolds and Chris Evans, because this film... But she was Storm before Catwoman! What redemption is she going to get? She was also a, um, she was already an amazing comic book character actress. I don't think she was great as Storm. I think she was perfect as Storm. You know, I don't know what happens when you <laughs> went to a frog. Well, have you ever, uh, well, how did the Storm act in the 90s cartoons? The Wind, same exact way. water with the, the strengths of... Lightning. So if you get us, <laughs> you literally got Captain Planet as Storm for the '90s cartoon Storm. So for Holly Berry to like come into her own as Storm, especially by first by a uh, Last Stand, you can't say that this is that this is she needs superhero redemption. She she had a high, then she, now she's at her low. Then she hit her low. Now she's back to just being I'll Holly Berry. To, now I'll give it to you. She definitely had a high, but what I would argue is that her low, people have there's a lot of people who have never seen her low. And her low came from Catwoman. That was it. There is no low for Holly Berry. She hasn't done bad movies. Even if she, all right, even if she's done bad movies, she's never been bad in a bad movie. I'd even say that that movie that came out, Kidnapped, Uh that was just like Taken, but with Holly Berry in the forefront. Uh She still did good in that movie. Speaking of which, what's House Peppermint? (laughs) Huh? House Peppermint. How's your girl Jennifer Gardner as an assassin with guns a blazing going? Listen, yeah, I, exactly. I can't. I can't defend Jennifer Gardner. That's just impossible. Hey. No one can defend Jen. Do we even know any Jennifer Gardner movies besides Thirteen Going on Thirty? I just told you Peppermint. <laughs> that just came out like a year ago, or maybe last year. I have never even heard of Peppermint. Really? No. Oh, I've got to show you a picture of this of this uh, of this poster. Oh God! It's basically like um, Jennifer Lopez had a movie like this where they just it's just women with guns. Enough? Is it? It's like enough. No, I think enough is like fighting back against men particularly. Oh, that's... that's, that's. <laughs> well, here's photos of various peppermint. I know that movie. That's called Peppermint. Yeah, B. That's, that's Death Wish, but with females. Same look. Blowing out the candles. <laughs> She's blowing out the candles, bro. Perplexed. I, I, saw this, I saw this trailer, and when I saw this trailer, I said, holy crap, that's Death Wish, but with a female See, in the Jennifer cover. Jennifer Garner just ruining everything. Just ruining That it. whole, my son died at the hands of gang members, now I'm going to get revenge because I'm a middle-aged parent in the suburbs and I have all these guns. Too, too much seriousness, right? Bro, and I, That's I what can't. I'm saying. My film was silly and trying to have fun with the character, and if that's his biggest flaw, then it will wear it as a badge of honor because I would argue that Elektra never even tries to have any kind of fun, humor, or levity. And I will wear it as a badge of honor that movies like Elektra gave us movies like Wonder Woman. Ugh. That stoic, that, brave woman that doesn't follow anything. That's a level of cognitive dissonance I don't know it should be allowed <laughs> in this world. 
But let's let, let's talk about let's talk about the big elephant in the room. Let's talk about the last thing I feel like I need to defend here as far as this movie's concerned. Then we can wrap things up. Let's talk about that Razzie speech. All right, because my girl went up there. Yeah. Yes, she won worst actress, or yeah, it won worst film, but she showed up there. She got her Razzie speech. She took her, her lumps, and she's back out there. When acting people again. give like when when actresses and actors give like actual heartfelt Razzie speeches, I always feel like, damn, you really are just one of us. I keep forgetting celebrities are just regular humans that we gave to get we put in a higher position of power than everybody else because. Like what? Like Sandra Bullock, she won a Razzie for All About Steve, and she was really like thanking everybody. She she was saying, "I had fun in this movie. I don't care what anybody said. I loved this movie." Holly Berry was crying for her Razzie speech, but tears of like fun and joy. So I love when when people can like pat themselves on the back for shit movies that they do. Yeah, and she took it on the chin. She when, really did. When you asked her about the film, she said, "Everybody around me said, girl, don't do it. It's gonna be the death of you. It's gonna end your career.' But guess what? I did it." I followed my intuition and I did a movie called Catwoman and it bombed miserably. When it failed to most people, it wasn't a failure for me because I met so many interesting people that I wouldn't have met otherwise. And I learned two forms of martial arts and learned what not to do. And also, I made a shitload of money that changed my life. <laughs> I, say, <laughs> I love this woman, I say man. that to say following your intuition doesn't always mean you're going to be successful or win the prize, but it means you're always going to learn the exact lesson or get the exact accolades or the exact check that you're supposed to get for yourself. Never compare that to anyone else. Yeah, but it's weird. Does she ever... Let's let's put aside that the, that the Catwoman as a whole movie gets crap from everybody. Do you ever remember Halle Berry really getting crap for her performance? Because I don't remember people hating her performance, more of just hating the writing of that movie. Jennifer Gardner gets hate for Electra. So, so I think what ends up happening is that um, I think that she's blamed almost as a you should have known better. Yeah. And so she gets dragged down, not because of her performance, but it's like, but you what, good, smarter. what does it matter your performance if the movie's bad? And if you are such a good performer, you should have noticed that the movie was bad before you started performing in it. So she gets, she's almost blamed because at her level, people go to see movies for her. You you hear me? Yeah. So, you're, it's like, I don't watch movies, but I'll go see this because Halle Berry was in it. Halle Berry, that movie was bad. I blame you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because you, I went to go see it for you. I, I'm expecting a good movie because you're in good movies. And so she takes the blame with it and that's why she's taking it on the chin. Uh, yeah, well, actresses and actors do get more of the word of mouth than directors or writers for other movies that they do get. Which is terrible. But I did hear, a, I, I heard an interview once. I can't remember who said it, but... It was most actors aren't. It isn't the fact that they're good actors. It's just the fact that they're really comfortable in front of the camera. I can see that. So yeah. most actors are. A lot of people say most actors are terrible actors. They're just so comfortable in front of the camera. You don't. It was Batista saying that about. Oh my man, Dave Batista. When he was giving the interview about John Cena and The Rock's uh, performances oh, on yeah, movies, yeah, yeah. he said it's not that The Rock is a good actor. It's just. He's comfortable in front of the camera. Yeah, that's true. I think he has enough. He just goes into rock mode, and then that, that is what it is. And so he said. So he. I remember he said that the rock gives that does the rock in every movie, and I can't. I can't but fault that's the him thing. For that. I think, given a new direct, a uh, new direction, new uh, budget money, maybe not a hundred million. You do this again, you you can get it done right. Of course. I don't think they're saving Electra. I think you keep Gardner in that role. No, You're gonna get that's this the movie thing. Every Give time. us Ellie Lodi as no, a no. Form- but I'm saying, I'm saying, you understand? So then it's her fault. Then <laughs> so then it's Gardner. Oh, I blame fault. Gardner 100. Okay, okay. No, I have to blame Gardner because 
I I feel like I feel it's like Gardner and it was the director. The yeah. writing wasn't bad to me. It was just boring. The way that everybody was acting it in the movie was, was boring. Chore. It was like I I've never I don't say that to, because we're reversing each other. I say that cause, like literally I talk to you as a friend as somebody who we always bitch about movies with each other. I was sitting there like this is just long. Like and it's not long. It's not long. Like it's in an the, hour and 30 minutes. In the scope of an actual movie it's not long at all, but it's it's always dark. And always muddied and always. Yo, just... now that we're not def- now that we don't have to defend it anymore, and we can just let the fans choose. Turn on a light, Rob <laughs> Blowman. Turn on a light. Somebody turn on a light. Turn on a light. Turn on a light. And I'll say for mine, just pay for the music. Like stop putting generic what? music. What? There's so much generic. I got it from you know uh, royalty free music dot com stuff. Uh, Drake. Type beats or whatever the heck that they got on YouTube. Boom, 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 ridiculous, boom, 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 yeah. ridiculous stuff, man. Uh, chop it up. But I say we put our swords down. I think we should agree Shink. Uh, to disagree and also agree to in the hopes that Captain Marvel exceeds both of these films. Uh, well, how are you feeling about Captain Marvel? Next week, uh, me and uh, GT Rebirth are going to be chopping it up about Volume 1 of Captain Marvel, Higher, Further, Faster, which is basically what this movie is going to be based on. And then we got, uh, we got the movie review the week after that. But how are you feeling? What's your excitement towards Captain Marvel right now? As an MCU film, I hope it, I, I hope it does good. I never want an MCU film to do bad. And the MCU films that do do bad, I ignore, and I just say I never watched it, even if I have, because I have a certain standard for the MCU. And they did it to themselves. This ain't anything that I did. Yeah. But when you're churning out three, four movies a year, and they're all ten and eight and above, like I have a little bit of high hope and expectations for what you're gonna do. And if they really blow all of us out the water and make her a scroll, I'm gonna flip and say that this is one of the greatest decisions that you could ever do for a movie. Any, oh, we're, 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 we're coming down the thing. When this releases, I think it's going to be like uh, roughly like eight days maybe until the film comes out and eight days until we find out that she is a scroll. <laughs> I've been saying it on this podcast that she's a scroll, y'all. She's a scroll. Uh, and so I kind of hope that that happens. But yeah, man, I do think that um, Wonder Woman is that mold that I talked about Catwoman not having. We can we see where you can go now. Yeah, but and that's why I bring it with electric. I see. I feel it's both. I feel it's both because one, you have you have an established character that everybody knows and loves for the past eighty years, like Catwoman, who in in the grand scheme of things, she she has these. How do I say it? She has a lot of Catwoman's elements with just who she is as as a character, but. She also has a lot of what Elektra tried to do with that. I don't. I don't play by the fem- <laughs> by the feminist rules. I have the female empowerment towards me. So both movies were terrible, but both movies were responsible for Wonder Woman in a sense. Yeah, I. I would also say don't just look at the superhero genre. I think Kill Bill is a perfect example of what you can do with Lucy, the, with the Salt, uh, the Professional. You like Atomic Blonde? Was that? I love Atomic Blonde. Okay. I love Molly's Game. Uh. If you guys ever seen The Professional, the movie that came out Literally with... Literally all the girl with the dragon tattoo stuff, right? All, <laughs> all, all that stuff. All the girl with the dragon tattoos. I personally say, because I'm a movie buff, I personally say to watch the Danish ones. I like the European yeah. ones so much more better. They're, they're really they're, more they're, they're done yeah. really well done. Yeah. But I do like um, Kate Mora. Yeah. She's a great actress. But if you don't... Yeah, exactly what George is saying. You don't have to look at superhero genres. There's so many action-packed films that the femme fatale is the main role. La Femme Nikita. 
same director that did The Professional. Yeah. Like, these movies are really amazing movies. I say Salt. And if we're you... going to start anywhere, start with Salt, Angelina Jolie. Like, that's and just it, where to go. And then it starts with the with the Sarah Connors. You know, it starts oh, with the... Oh, uh, if you want to go farther back, it starts with the Ripleys. Yeah, yeah it starts with the Ellen Ripleys. So, like, they, there are... Those characters are there, and I'm just they happy... They are female-empowered roles in movies that you don't have to watch Elektra and Catwoman to get. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to see what Captain Marvel has to offer because there is more out there. And I'm excited <laughs> for it in general. You know, Marvel has been killing it, but this is going to be them putting their, you know, putting their foot down. This is they are literally them. putting all their eggs in the one basket with this one. Yeah, we're this is their this first goes. female solo film. And, so, it does, and it also doesn't help that um, they're also saying that this is going to be the person who's going to defeat Thanos. That's a humongous Yeah, and it also doesn't help thing. when you're lead actress Brie Larson is kind of like not appealing to the fan base. There's a whole bunch we're going to unbuckle there, but I'm going to leave that for Poor next gr- week. I like, she's such a smart girl. Why <laughs> we'll does she have that. to attack the fan base? We'll, we'll leave the politics for next week. I'm going to extend my hand out, sir. This was another fine edition of Witch's Words. This, this was one of my favorite Witch's Words. These are always the most fun episodes, some of the most fun episodes that we have here on Major Issues, but it's I also... Think I take the, the, the worst ones on purpose at this point. Just, just so I, I can have fun. I actually thought I had the worst one when I was given Catwoman. I actually thought, without a shadow of a doubt, there'd be the nothing. The second worse. I watched it, I knew you had the best one. The second I watched it, I, I hit you up on the train that night, leaving here when we made the decision of yeah. what we were gonna defend. I was on the bus and on the train watching the first like twenty minutes of Electra, and I texted this man. I said, "Ups, yeah, I made a mistake. I made, the, I made a mistake. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> funny. But yeah, I, this, I, we have to keep doing this because I do just like." How you said I just saw a bunch of like text underneath the subtext underneath the subtext, like you we can we can polish these turds we can, <laughs> but they're still back. pieces of shit. <laughs> yes, well they they are they are, but you know we're we're here trying to give you, you gotta die to live or something like that. I think I've learned that from both of these movies. Both somehow. of those movies had something like that. Where you and have to considering die to both live. almost killed me, I think I'm getting pretty close <laughs> to this uh to this rebirth stuff. But um, like I said, again, if you guys um, like this episode of Which is Worse, go back and look at the other two episodes of Which is Worse with Spider-Man 3 and Amazing Spider-Man 2 and go back and look at uh, Green Lantern against X-Men Origins Wolverine. They only so, get worse from here, guys. We, di- we did the the mainstream worst comic book. We've done the book. best worst ones. Yeah, yes. that's it. We've done the best worst comic book movies. It only goes down from here, yeah, guys. So, so you better yeah. appreciate us, please. Yeah, and I would love for some of our fans to start uh, chiming in and letting us know what you which one that you guys think are worse. Uh, but if you want to look at more of those episodes of Major Issues, or listen, I guess is what you should be doing, listening to more of those episodes of Major Issues, all you have to do is to go to wherever uh, podcasts are found. That's, pit, that's Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podbean. If you have an iPhone you're, or an iDevice, you already have a podcast app already pre-installed in your phone. All you have to do is search the Major Issues Podcast, and we come right up. If you have any other device, just go to Google. Search Major Issues Podcast, and we're the first ones to pop right up. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify. We are on um, Tune FM. We're on a bunch of different sites. Damn, we're on um, Tune FM now? Yeah, we're on Tune FM. I used to have that app. Yeah, we're on Tune FM. Um, I was thinking about getting us on SoundCloud, but I haven't I, I haven't. SoundCloud's yet. pretty hard to, like, break into. Yeah. We're literally... We are a lot of places. Have you ever Googled? Like, we're literally... A lot of places. So go find us. Go listen to us. But if you want to tell us which one you think is worse, you have to reach us at Comic Book Click. That's who uh, founds all this 
here at the Major Issues Podcast. And you can reach us there at Facebook.com slash comic book click, Instagram at comic book click, or use the hashtag comic book click to talk about the newest, hottest, latest, and greatest things to come to comic books and comic book media. All of those links, by the way, are in the show notes in case I say them too fast because I've been saying them quite often. So and don't forget, guys, we still have our Captain Marvel sweepstakes yes, going we do. on. So, we have you know, a, there's only a few days left of this sucker. We have our Captain Marvel giveaway, so go ahead and uh, visit our shop at T Public, uh, slash uh, user slash comic book click, where we have our official merch, one of a kind merch designed by my. I was going to say by myself, designed by yours truly. And if you like any of those designs, go ahead and pick yourself up one. And if it comes in time, take a picture with it on. Use the hashtag CBCWorthy for a chance to win two free tickets to see Captain Marvel in theaters. And isn't that what it's all about, babe? Isn't that what we're here for? Because we, what was it? Um, Damn, I knew, higher, further, faster. I knew the other line from the movie, but I can't remember it at the time. But yeah, man, reach out to us. We're trying to be more interactive, um, and we are trying to hear more of the members of the Click. So go ahead and uh, do that, and don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Major Issues CBC for all the fun and games that we have to offer. But my name is George Serrano, aka the Don. I'm Dan, the Comic Man, and this has been Which is Worse Three: Catwoman versus Elektra. And whether you're blind but you're not acting like it, whether you're a terribly annoying preteen who probably shouldn't be an assassin, whether you're shaking your butt in a basketball game, that's not really technically how you win, or whether a cat open mouth burped in your face and that's why you're alive today, remember that you're not the worst because we are the clique and you, yes you, are worthy. 